Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. So hey, everybody. It's uh, 6.30 on uh, Saturday night. 6.20. Uh, I'm sorry. March 21st, 2015, Larry's not, uh, Larry's on with us, Carl's not feeling well, he's got the flu or some kind of a fever, and uh, we were just talking about doing a call and decided to jump on anyway, I guess. Uh, Larry uh, got, got a chance to talk with Carl, I was just texting him back and forth. Uh, Larry, what did you hear? Did you hear anything different? Uh, no, just like you said, uh he told me he had a he had a uh, bad fever last night and and uh, he's he's really feeling bad and he's trying to really rest and and uh, get himself uh, back in shape. Uh, he said messed him up. Uh, whatever he had really messed him up over the last couple of days. He said he think he got it from flying, you know, from flying and being on the plane too long and doing all that flying that he was doing. So he think that really messed him up and everything. But uh, uh, he know that. Uh, everyone was still probably wanted to do the call, so he uh, he called you, Gus, and me, and I think he said Mark to see if he, if we still want to do the call. So he's uh, I'm quite sure he probably will be listening at some point in time if he's feeling a little better. But uh, if I might interject, uh, so far <laughs> I've had four family members that had the similar type thing, and uh, three of them ended up with pneumonia. So tell him be very careful. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Gentlemen, can I interject something? This is Robert from Cape Coral, Florida. Uh, Dib Service is my handle. Um, D- uh, Dr. Dwight Church, who uh, founded the Arm & Hammer Baking Soda Company back in 1918 when they had the Spanish flu that killed 20 to 50 million people uh, after World War One, when they developed Bayer aspirin, which reduced fevers, that, that allowed, you know, like the flu virus and influenza virus to multiply by, by knocking down the fever, which normally burns the stuff up. You know, if Carl or anybody who's being attacked by that by the flu virus or cold will take a half a teaspoon. This was this was this was, this is what was Dr. Dwight Church's recommendations: a half a teaspoon of baking soda in a large glass of water. Do that six times every two uh, every two hours, six times for the first day. Sort of like taking prednisone. The next day, do the same thing, but do it for uh, four times, and then the next day, two times. What you're doing is you're alkalizing your body. And it short circuits the virus replication and alkalizes your body, and then you know, the bacteria and stuff can't replicate. It's when we get real acid in our environment that uh, a lot of this stuff takes place. What's the uh, what's the acid caused from? Acid is caused from uh, well, uh, let's say one soda, which has got a pH of about two and a half, takes about 32 glasses of alkaline water to to neutralize uh, the, uh, all our our proteins, our our Eggs and our cheese and our meats and stuff. It is yeah, acidity. Acidity in the body is caused by sugar and some other things. What Absolutely. are those other things? Uh, meat. 
Uh, so once you, uh, so there people have gotten reversed, uh, like prostate cancer with a PSA of 23.1 down to 0.1 in 10 days, getting their pH up, you know, 7.5, uh, eight, eight or 9. Um, that stuff's on the Internet. But um, it's, it, it's, that's, why, that's why I take baking soda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey guys, I take it also. I knew about it also. And I take that red, uh, Bob, red meal baking soda. Yeah. Well, the, the Arm & Hammer doesn't have aluminum in it either. Uh, most, some people said, well, the Arm & Hammer's got aluminum in it. But that, that's baking powder. That's a different yeah. thing. But yeah. I, I want to ask you guys, um, I, I've got some friends who've been in foreclosure for six and a half years. First foreclosure case, uh, we got it dismissed, HSBC, down here in, in Fort Myers. This is the rocket docket uh, foreclosure capital in the country where they do 2,000 a week of these things. Um, HSBC in the second court case, uh, the wife went into pancreatic cancer. She has a six million dollar uh, health judgment against her, and uh, she's finally out of that. We found out at the at the at the nth moment that they filed a fraudulent um, plaintiff's motion for default. They never mailed the uh, defendants or the, the aggrieved respondents a copy of that, so we didn't even know about this. The same day they filed a motion for summary judgment, and the same day a clerk of the court gave them a default judgment. And from there it was a hop, skip, and a jump to summary judgment in May 31st of 2013. The final sale sale took place uh, February 22nd. So the people got displaced out of their home. The lady was lucky enough to find a uh, you know with no a very little income to find a, a a what do you call it a, an apartment. But here's the here's the question. Coming upon Carl's information, uh, they committed misprison of felony, violated uh, forgery. They they filed a forged document. They said in their their plaintiff's motion for default that my friends, the Goodsons, never filed any response to the lawsuit, the for mortgage foreclosure lawsuit called a Liz Pendant, within the 21 days or 20 days. We did. We filed a. We file an affidavit of facts by way of specific negative averment and denial of corporate existence because we we wanted to challenge subject matter jurisdiction. They never answered that. So to date, still to date, that has never been answered. And supposedly you're not supposed to be able to proceed, but they just went ahead and did it anyway. They ignored it. So my question is, if we go into uh, into federal court of the United States and we file a 360 form instead of a 440 and do a claim rather than a complaint, where can we find, is there anywhere in the archives or any of these conversations, the format for actually doing that where you have a, a jury of 12 and, and the procedure to, uh, to bring the wrongdoers to, to duty? Because what we have is uh, a, a uh, HSBC as the, as the uh, trustee of an FBR securitized trust with no actual named person with Florida default law, now known as Ronald R. Wolf and Associates, masquerading as the uh, a debt collecting foreclosure mill, uh, being the uh, being the plaintiffs' attorneys going after the Goodsons with no proof of uh, of evidence. So, how do we get the people into the actual man or woman into the uh, into court? And do we also bring in the attorneys? Because they had about six different attorneys, they just keep changing attorneys on, on, on this case. Larry, you want that? 
That's a mouthful. I'm sorry. Well, I was on the chat, and I was waiting on Mike and the rest of you guys to get on. Uh, now, let me ask you this, because what you, what you were saying was a lot of legalese. Uh, I can tell you that for sure. Uh, and and uh, I'm going to be the first one to tell you, uh, if you're using legalese and, and, and that's what's working for you, hey, go for it. Oh, it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. And they they ignore they ignore the fact they ignore when they do something wrong. They just ignore it and go business as usual. We we the last thing we got was from the uh, the clerk of the court saying since you didn't object to the sale, uh, it's final. Well, we objected and we did a motion to, to uh, you know to to uh, to stop the the sale and to and to set aside that default judgment. Um, and they just ignored it. The judge just went ahead and rubber stamped it and said you know sale. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Uh, all right, first of all, let me ask you, how long have you been uh, listening to the uh, listening to the calls? Uh, this is my second my second call. Oh, this is your second this is second time you listen to the show, right? Right. Uh, I, oh. I downloaded all the. I didn't know that that Carl had a website per se. I saw it on Angela's my private audio, and then I went to Pacer and I downloaded all the documents. The gentleman I was talking to earlier, and the last thing I saw in that case was the uh, the. Um, there was 45 documents, and, and the last thing was to an attorney who was trying to dismiss the case. And you know, Carl made him made him aware that this was a not a complaint, this was a claim, and he's the prosecutor. Okay, okay, I'm I'm sorry, I didn't hear um, I didn't hear you explain your case uh, when when you was explaining it. Uh, I was on the chat board, so uh, can you go ahead and explain it again? I'll, I'll make it real. I'll make it real simple. Try to do like Carl would say. Okay. Mm. Uh, 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 a man and a woman were wronged by a bank who claimed uh, to be the holder, this is their words, holder in due course of, of a property. Um, the paperwork they filed was, a, a first of all, a Liz Pendants. We answered the Liz Pendants not as a defendant, but as an aggrieved respondent challenging subject matter jurisdiction. They ignored that document. Two months later, they filed a forged false document in this proceeding. They stated that the aggrieved respondent, what they called a defendant, never filed any paperwork with the court in response to the mortgage foreclosure complaint or Liz Pendants, which was false. We, okay, can I ask you a question? Because you, you're saying they and uh, the bank and, and uh, you, you know, uh, you haven't identified a man or woman yet. No, no. We, we had no idea about Carl's material, but no okay. man or woman made a claim against my friends, the Goodsons. Okay, now who wrote the letter? Who, who sent you the presentment? The, the presentment was sent by... Florida default law, which is a a law a debt collecting law firm in in Tampa, Florida, who uh, in the last um, year has changed their name to Ronald R. Wolf and Associates because they got so much bad press from being a robo robo signing oh. mill. Okay, so so who you been answering to? You been answering? You writing your you was writing your letters and your pro se and all that. You was writing that to who? Writing, responding to the court, to the judge, and to the uh, 
we also wrote to the um, we wrote to the court administrator. Okay, let me make sure. But you said uh, the lawyer sent you that. So why would you send it to the judge? Uh, well, the first thing we did was we tried to settle privately and sent a private uh, notice of mistake to the judge, mm-hmm. not, claim, not claiming the name. Yeah, see, and uh, that's what you know. That's what's going to uh, happen when you in, enter that court and uh, playing that legalese game. You see, you what you was doing was you was. Uh, really answering to no one really because of the fact that, you know, when you're talking about learning this process of a man or woman that's doing you wrong or causing you harm, that's where you have to go through and look through uh, the shenanigans of the paperwork that you got and find out what man or woman was that you was talking to or who was trying to uh, extort or communicate a threat of trying to take your property or, or whatever they was trying to do. So th- this was dealing with some property, right? Yeah, it was, it was a home. Yeah. They had yeah. a, they had a mortgage with the mortgage company. The mortgage company went bankrupt, went out of business two years later, and then four, three and a half years later, along comes HSBC Bank saying they're the trustee of a securitized trust, and uh, that because they went in, because my friends went into default, they're claiming the property and they're foreclosing on it. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I guess. I hear some Noah's in the background. Is this uh, DB Service I'm speaking to? Yes, DB Services. This is Robert down in Cape Coral, Florida. <clears throat> okay, okay. Uh, I was I was trying to make sure I'm going to find out who's making that Noah's. Uh, let, me ask every, let me ask everyone that if you're unmuted, uh, other than Gus and uh, I and I think uh, a couple others, uh, Vita Rights, uh, you stay unmuted. Everyone else, mute yourself out, uh, and uh, what well, we can answer you. What well, we can uh, answer your question, uh, Gus. You got anything you want to uh, say on, on on this on this situation? Yeah. Uh, for those of you, for for everybody who's on the board who can't stay on point and talking about everything else, uh, I've got no problem jumping on the board and, and just knocking you right out. Uh, cut the shit. You know, try, try to stay on point so people can look at the board later and uh, you know get some some useful information and not be distracted by a bunch of jibber jabber. Uh, as far as this man's concerned, I don't know how long these people been in the house, but you've got equity in the house from the time you've been in there. You can make a claim for the equity in the house for the time that you've taken care of the house, maintained the house. Uh, you've provided security every night for the house and so on. So there's a long list of things that you could bill for. Uh, the other thing is you can put a claim in against uh, whoever it is that, that that's, that's uh, trying to take possession of the, of the property uh, for not having guaranteed no man showed up to verify the debt in open court under oath or affirmation. So you can put in a claim for moving a, a forged instrument through, uh, through a court case that uh, no man did verify the case. You know, there's a whole lot you can do with the existing case and an equity claim, and uh, and then having an, another claim for a forged instrument. So there's a lot of different avenues you you can go down. And yes, all that stuff is available on Carl's uh, talk shoes. You know, there, Sir, uh, can, I, can I can 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 you tell me your name so I can address you? Yeah, my name is Gus. Uh, oh, my Gus, wife, thank you, yeah. thank you so much. 
what we did originally in, in the first court case, the first one we won, they walked away from their own their own uh, court case uh, two and a half years after the first one was started. And during that time, we did a we we did a uh, federal common law lien on the property for equity for upkeep improvements. It was for one hundred thirty nine thousand dollars, and we right. we what's filed that and, and we filed that in uh, in. What's, the, uh, what's your name? Robert. Robert. What's uh, what do you consider to be a federal common law lien? Um. Well. The, the paperwork that I used, I got from a gentleman in Connecticut who used that successfully when they tried to take his mother's property. Okay, if you go to the uh, federal, if, if you go to the federal government's website for courts, yeah. uh, it's uh, courts.gov, I believe, uh, or I, I think that's what it is. But you, you go to their website, or uh, or maybe it might be the DOJ's website. Yes, but, uh, and it might be in both. If you if you go through the glossary of terms, you'll see common law as one of the terms, okay. and you'll see that common law is considered to be uh, the you know the, the the law which is created by the federal decisions of the courts. It's, okay. It should be at, 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 the, at uh, the courts.gov website, and so that's their idea of common law. So okay. when you're talking to me about federal common law. A federal common law lien. You're saying that you're doing a lien according to the the dictates of the judiciary, in, you know, as defined or characterized in the federal courts. And what what I teach is on redressfordummies.org, and that's uh, that's a different kind of common law. And to to identify it different from other people's common law, like for instance, if you if you go to divorce court. Uh, in divorce court, they've got their own brand of common law. Okay, it's the, it's the law that's applied to divorce cases, which is, you know, by the way, those are contracts. Those are not a man who did wrong to another man. It's a contract. It's a breach of contract case. So you got to handle it as a contract case. But they have common law uh, that they apply, which is the law which is common to that court every day, day in and day out. What you and I talk about, or at least what I what I teach, what I talk about, is the law which is common to man. So the that law is the law that you, you know, that you grew up with. When your mom said, "Don't kick the dog," and "Don't pull your sister's hair," leave the cookies alone. You know, you can't have any of those till you're done with your dinner. You know, all the stuff that your mom and dad preached to you when you're growing up, the law common to man. That's the common law we speak, and that's not in writing. So when you you, when you, uh, if you really want to get into it, it's the law that that is found in Jeremiah thirty one thirty one, where God talked about, you know, taking out your heart of stone and putting in a new heart and putting the law on your heart, and that's why uh, there is no uh, excuse for not knowing the law because it's it's your conscience, it's built in. So, you know, that that's where the common law is. So when you're talking about federal common law, you're talking about something else. And if you're talking about a common law lien, that is a lien where I uh, tell you I'm going to give you some money and I'm going to uh, use your, you know, you agree that a certain property is going to be used as collateral and it's a, an agreement between you and I and I hold the paper. I don't, I don't put that paper anywhere. It's a short-term thing. You know, I'm going to collect the money. Once the money's collected, I give you the, uh, the paper back that 
that's it, we're done. Nothing ever gets filed. So as soon as you file something, it's no longer common law. So there's you know there's a lot of these concepts where you're gonna you're gonna either confuse yourself or confuse others by the way you talk about them. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. All right. So we we didn't we didn't we didn't file that into the uh, into the county court or uh, what do you call it the county recorder's office, but we we filed the the notice of that in the um, in the legal notices in the newspaper for 17 weeks. Okay. So. And we mentioned that as our 85th affirmative defense later on. Back up just a little bit. So HSBC came in at some point before the shit hit the fan. Uh, They were were way, way back at the beginning, correct, before before the paperwork started to fly? Uh, You're talking about the lien? Uh, Start over. Just go a little bit slower. How long have these people been in their house? They've been in their house. Uh, they've been in their house since 2003. They bought the land in 2003, built a house, and then it was refinanced uh, in 2005, June 3rd. And on June 13th, 10 days later, Resume Mortgage signed the uh, signed. Right. Uh, You're going too fast. I'm sorry. Okay. That's all right. Did they own the land outright before they before they put a house on it? They did. And when they borrowed the money on the house. Did they borrow money on the land or only on on the uh, – did, did, did they use the building that they were going to be putting onto the land as uh, as the, the foundation, as the collateral for the loan? I'm not certain. I'm not sure on that, sir. Uh, if the house if, – if they borrowed money based on what they were going to build, build which was a, uh, a construction loan, then that is what the – lien was put on it was on the building itself if right. they and some of these things will include a uh, a lien on the land but the the repossession is of the house not of the land so it's like getting your car repossessed you can hand them the keys and say here you go get the car off my property right off my land and uh, in the same sense you can do that with a house so that's something to think about later uh, so they they get this lien they get this uh, this mortgage and refinanced everything in 2005. And then what happened 10 days later? Yeah, well, 10 days later, um, in their documents, they're showing that Resume Mortgage had a vice president sign without recourse, uh, signed a, a pay to the order of in blank, uh, without recourse. Um, and then there was no, there's nobody listed. And the... When they went out of when they went bankrupt two years later in 2007, the assets were bought or transferred to Citadel Mortgage. When we contact, okay, hold, hold on a second. When that signed in blank thing you're talking about, was yes. that done through MERS? Was that was that a? Uh, they made uh, on the on the mortgage document they put uh, MERS as no, as a nominee. Yeah, and they and uh, when I, they I looked at the blank. MERS handbook as far as who could be a. Uh, a, a vice president or a certified, uh, you know, vice president of MERS. It says that the servicer of the of the loan, like Chase Home Finance LLC, would could employees of Chase Home Finance Finance LLC could be the a vice president, an, an appointed vice president. The HSBC hired Florida Default Law to create a, fra- a, a fraudulent assignment in house 
using their own employee, claiming to be both a vice president of Chase Home Finance LLC and both a uh, vice president of MERS. Okay, so let's get back to what I just asked you. The the uh, paper that was signed in blank, was yeah. that transferred to MERS? Don't know. So who's holding that paper right now? That's a that's we a don't know. Lot. Okay, that's that's a note, and that note is paid on demand to the bearer of the note, and it's right in the, in the first in blank, but right but in the first court, you don't I'm know sorry, if the, the first note court, went to MERS. in the first court case, uh, the HSBC admitted that the note had been lost or destroyed, and was petitioning the court to reestablish it. The court did not grant that order or grant them that. Okay. And so, um, so the note is nowhere to be found. That's right. Well, then three months later they said, "Oh, we found it." Oh well, that's wonderful. Who examined it? Uh, nobody, because when we, when we the, the the first the first uh, substantial meeting we had was a summary judgment meeting with a retired judge, and when we challenged and said, "Please." Uh, please uh, bring the note up, and, and, and can we get an extension to have a, a forensic document examiner examine the note? But the uh, the judge said, oh, we have the note in the vault, but uh, you can't see it. And they said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, some, maybe sometime in the future you can see it. But that was the day that he signed the summary judgment for for HSBC. Sounds like, uh, sounds like a void judgment. Yeah, it sounds like you can just uh, go right back and have that thing ripped right out. You know, there was a, there has to be a man that stands in court and verifies the debt, right? right. The, the the note, for for instance, the note is only to determine who the debt is owed to. Right. But there has to be an accounting of the account where somebody's going to stand in court and say, to the penny, uh, this is, you know, this is the, the, the verifiable debt. Or it may be uh, the guy who did the roof. And you know, and the uh, let's say the bank uh, paid for the roof being done because it was you know in desperate shape. It needed to be done while they were taking repossession, and so they they might you know a portion thereof may be verified by somebody else. Right. But, you know the, the debt has to be verifiable in open court, and right. if it's not, then there's there's it, it's a judgment based on no facts. And the problem right. is, is people go into court and they let the attorneys give offers of proof. You can't hold an attorney liable, okay? The only thing you can do with an attorney is take them to uh, the Judicial Conduct Committee, and all they're going to do is give you a string of paperwork because you can't prove anything, okay? These people were going on, on what they believed, uh, or they say they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to say, well, this is what I believed. I was just involved in a case which has to do with the foreclosure. And the attorney said that we gave notice in the newspaper that we were going to sell the house. And... Uh, they did not. They did not give notice, and this was a big argument in the first hearing. And uh, you know, he represented to the court that this was the case. Well, you know, the the man that I was talking to was fighting this all the way through, and at the final hearing, the attorney finally says, "Oh, it was a mistake. You know, one of my staff told me this." You know, so he never corrected his own mistake. He corrected it. You know, when he was he, when he was called to the carpet. And you know, and, and made the answer for himself. But you know, these people are not held accountable. 
So you you got to have somebody on the stand. And if you have a law firm, for instance, that's going to that's going to bring uh, something in, you know, I recommend you subpoena every every member of the law firm, not member, okay. every uh, partner. All right. If it's if it's Willard and Jones law firm, then you subpoena Willard and Jones. You you call them forward to testify to whatever it is that they're going to be saying on the record. In uh, in in federal court of the United States. I don't give a shit where it is. I'm a man, and I have a right to question whoever it is that says I've, I've done wrong, or anybody who says I've breached a, a contract. You know, if you're saying there's a debt, then I require somebody to verify that debt. Right. You know, okay. Okay. Here's Bob running around town. Bob's running around town saying I owe him twenty bucks. I owe you know Gus owes me twenty bucks. Gus, owes, you know, and everybody thinks I owe him twenty bucks. I'm like Bob. I gave you that last week. Oh yeah, I forgot. You will shut up, man. You're going around. You're ruining my name. You know, and it's it's no different in court. And it doesn't matter if it's federal, if it's if it's your local court. You have a right to to have things verified in open court. Okay. So even though they 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 consider the the thing done and they they they've signed the property and the title over to the HSBC as a trustee of this trust, um, we can still we can still keep the the case open. Well, the case the case never closes, especially if there's fraud. Okay, yeah, because the the summary judgment, the slam dunk summary judgment was based on a a truthful default judgment, which was based on a truthful plaintiff's motion for default, and the plaintiff's motion for default was fraudulent. They said that the that the uh, that my friends never answered the complaint, which we, the court record shows that they did. So you put a notice into the court that there was an inadvertent error, that somehow there was some information that was not brought forward, and the uh, the decision of the court was based on incomplete information, and that you require a follow-up hearing to to have the, the you know to discuss the matter, and uh, you go in there and talk about the stuff that you want verified in open court. You know the note was never brought in. So there is no verification that these people are the ones entitled to get payment. There's never an accounting of the account to prove that a certain amount of money was actually do, you know, due and owing. Uh, you know, there's just all these things that you can come up with that have to be verified in court. You know, the chain of custody. Who, who's going to prove the chain of custody on the note? Well, you know, that's what we. That's that's one of the questions that we we brought up, and and there, they um, we had 49. Uh, first admissions that they never responded to for 78 days and after 30 days according to their rules it becomes it becomes written in stone as far as the court record and they they put they petitioned the court an order asked the or the the court to issue an order allowing a belated response the court didn't give them that so um <laughs> well you, you you know what what you're doing in their court is is good and well and it's great place to learn and to get some some experience and uh and it's okay to be there uh i don't know much about court rules you know court court stuff statutes and so on uh because i don't study those you know i'm not licensed to, to know them uh, i don't understand the customs of the legal society in other words the common law of their society right i know that a man has a right to verify that before he's made to pay it, a man cannot, you know, cannot just be told, "Hey, you're going to have to do this because, because, you know, Bob the judge said so." So, uh, you can go back to that court and you can, 
uh, put a notice in in Invernera and get the case reopened and, and put the stuff in. But, you know, you're going to have to write letters. The the letter writing is going to be to the uh, law firm handling the case, yep. to the to the bank or whoever it is, the CEO of that company. Right. Uh, okay, the man or woman acting in charge of that company. Uh, letters that are going to go back and forth between the partners of the law firm and the CEO of the bank, letting them know that they're engaging in a uh, behavior which is causing harm to man. And that, you know, as an extension of the government, because they're all registered through the Secretary of State's office, as an extension of the government, they exist to secure the rights of man, to protect the property of man. So they're, they're way outside their bounds. And if they, you know, if they're looking to secure the and protect the property of their stockholders, okay, if that's what they claim that they're doing, then uh, which I don't think they're ever going to come forward and say, but you know, they have to, uh, you know, they have to provide the information anyway. Uh, nothing really gets them off the hook because uh, anything that they do, which is less than honorable, is causing harm to man. You know, the stuff has to be all on the record. Right. We we did do uh, two days before the sale of the property. We did a motion to set aside the clerk's default judgment, entered November thirteenth, two thousand twelve, and a motion to cancel or postpone the forced sale on two twenty five fifteen hearing requested. And the oh, the judge just ignored it and went ahead and sold the property. Of course, of course he did. You know what the difference is between a request and a uh, and a requirement to, between requesting and requiring somebody to do something. One, you know, one is a mandate and the other one's begging. That's right. And, and the difference between a notice and uh, an emotion. Okay. We, uh, emotion. What we did after that, the next day, we did a notice We did a notice of uh, a lien that was filed upon the property that predates their court case by a year and a half. Okay. So what did you require at the end of your notice? Uh, we, let's see. So the, a notice, you know, the guys I used to work with, you know, 10, 12 years ago, they used to call it a notice in demand. So you okay. give notice to the court, okay, and you let them know what your demands are. And so uh, when I've looked at Carl and Carl's paperwork and, and the stuff that I've read, uh, that was based on the original version, which is what Carl's doing, which is a declaration. Uh, every lawsuit begins with a declaration. So you, you declare through you know through the notice process you declare uh, you know the very first thing which is you know I declare that the sky is blue and based on this fact I require you to mow my lawn okay so whatever it is you start off with a declaration of the truth of the facts of what you believe and then uh, you explain how you were caused damaged that you were you were somehow damaged that you incurred or accrued a debt or right. or I'm sorry uh, a loss or a harm or an injury and based on that you require the court to take action right and if you're doing your own claim you you would include an order like a a prosecutor includes a, a proposed order or in a civil case there would there'll be a proposed order and uh, you would do the same thing if you were if it was your case yeah. Well, and, and yeah, in our notice of lien, uh, we 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 said that, um, in as much as the the plaintiff failed to serve the defendants with the documents, their motion for default and default judgment, 
that the defendant had good and sufficient reason to believe the granting of, uh, of a clerk's default judgment and summary judgment constitutes error on the part of the clerk and error in as much as they were both based upon a plaintiff's motion for default, which falsely claims aggrieved defendants Goodson failed to file any papers in response with HSBC's bank's list pendants. And we we request, uh, well, we, we, we should have demand, but we, we said we request this honorable court to set aside the clerk's default judgment of November 13, 2012, vacate the summary judgment dated May 31, 2013, and cancel or postpone the forced sale of February 25th with hearing requested. They just ignored it. Okay, so you went into the court as a person, not as a man, okay, because a defendant is a person. The uh, respondent, the petitioner, is a is a person. You, you got to go into the court as a man to get right. notice, not judicial notice. Judicial notice is only for the judge to pay attention to. Right, you right. Give, you give notice to to the man, who to to all the world. Okay, that's what a notice is. That right. there are a certain amount of there is you know certain fact, fact one, fact two, and some of these things might be your beliefs. I believe this. I believe that. And then the uh, then the, at the bottom, I require. To require is to make a demand as of right and by authority. It, it's not a request. Like and I require some, leave of court. Exactly. If you require leave of court, the judge might say, why? Well, i got to pee. You know, i got to go to the bathroom or whatever. I got. Yeah, I want to – I require leave of court for two months to properly answer the court, whatever I, your your reason is, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, and our, uh, what that what we filed before a year and a half prior, uh, federal common law lien and notice of federal common law lien writ of attachment on real and personal property notice and demand. That's uh, we we uh, that that was filed back in uh, February first of two thousand eleven. And um, anyway, well, it, we're, we're, it sounds like you had a real big mixture. Of um, yeah, I wish I I wish I'd learned about Carl's material back then because we would have we wouldn't even gotten to this point. Well, it, it's not too late, you know. It, it's definitely not too late because a man has a right to correct an error on the court. Well, and, I believe that, Gus. And and what I what I'm asking you folks is, and you guys are doing a, a fantastic job, and and uh, Carl is is just uh, he's he's like a an angel from somewhere else. Um, uh, is if we go into if we go to file in federal uh, in the federal court of the United States the form 360 and we we follow what Carl has done once we get in there is there any place where you can get some instruction on the procedure to bring about the uh, the order you wish to enforce for the wrong against the wrongdoers. Or, or I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what a form 360 is, or if you. That's what, what Carl, you that's what Carl filed. Okay. He filed a I, claim, a claim for inj, for injury instead of a complaint, of, which is a 440. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, personally, they try, I they try would to go, change it around I, on them. I would not go to my. I would not go to the federal court. Uh, okay. The federal court is where you go to handle federal issues. You're, you're dealing with uh, an issue which re relates to man. For instance, if you had a uh, a discrimination issue where you were not hired for a job because you you were too tall, and we don't like tall people working in our restaurant, you know, something like that. That's, 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 
Yeah, but that that's a federal law. And so when right. you're talking about a federal law, you go to federal court. In this case, you're talking about the common law, the law common to man. The man has a right to see uh, all the documents, to verify things, to have stuff, you know, go through a forensic audit, for instance. Uh, you know, th these are the kinds of things that a man has a right to, and you take care of that in your county court, in your, your local county court. Okay, okay. I, I thought I thought because in the county court you didn't have you didn't have access to a uh, right by right, right of uh, trial by jury. Well, no, your, your county court is uh, is is where you go for a trial by jury. Oh, okay, I thought it was federal court, and this was a matter of diversity in excess of seventy-five thousand dollars is the value of the property. And the yeah, those, those are those, was in all, all that stuff you're all that stuff you're telling me. The diversity and the rules and the the seventy-five thousand. Those are the customs of the legal society. Okay. I don't understand. I don't understand those things. I've never been compensated to learn those things. Right, uh, right. You can't make me learn something and apply it to my life uh, in a foreign language. There's nothing that says I have to learn how to go to court in Chinese. Right. Uh, yeah. Gus, the only reason I mentioned that was because that's what Carl had checked off on his on his yes. uh, lawsuit in uh, Alabama. Uh -huh. I remember that, but he did that lawsuit to give people an example on, of how to write and how to, over, how to overcome certain things. Got it. So, uh, so for us to uh, to continue, because uh, what we did when we did this notice uh, in in court after they sold after they sold it, um, that we got a bill for 50, my friends got a bill for another fifty dollars because we were reopening the case according to the county clerk. So. We can just continue presenting our evidence and uh, ask for a, a trial by a trial by jury. Hey, hey Gus, what, what I, Gus, what I would suggest is what you started with when you told him off the bat. You know, your case has already and already moved forward. Put your uh, equity, uh, put your equity claim in, and and, and you, you know, get your equity out of it. Okay. You come what, out a lot cleaner just getting your equity out of it because a lot of what you're saying really is still legalese. Right, right. Well, what, what, what my question is, the um, they gave a, a summary judgment with all these fees and penalties they put on of two hundred ninety-two thousand, and then when they had the sale, they disallow any private investors from buying it, and they allow the bank to buy it for one dollar over the minimum bid, which was ninety-eight thousand two hundred. So they subtract the ninety-eight two thousand two hundred from the two ninety-two thousand, and they say, okay, we still have it. We still ta we take your house, and we still got a judgment against you for a yeah, hundred and and uh, or two hundred and one thousand. But that, that's all. Uh, that's all part of a court case, which is based on fraud. Got it. Yeah, they, you're you're being defrauded. It's not so much fraud, but defrauding uh, you know, by by uh, they're withholding material facts from the case. Yeah, what and, I what I what I what I was uh, uh, what I was amazed at is they went against their own rules, which are just so glaring that they committed you know filing a false document. Are, are you, right hold on a world. second. Hold on. Hold on. Are, are you an attorney? No. No. Okay, so how do you know what their rules mean? Well, if I file in the court and say that you never, re you never responded to the court case, 
and it's sh it's showing that we did respond to the court case within 20 days. It's right there for anyone to see. That's a blatant law, a lie. Yeah, yeah. You got a Black's dictionary near nearby? Uh, yeah, I have Black's fourth right here. All right, open it up and tell me what it says right under the words Black's Law Dictionary. Okay, hold on. I think I have it right here. One second. I appreciate all your. I appreciate all this, Gus. And oh, no problem. And it's fun to have somebody to pick up. Good. Well, you can beat me up. I want to learn. I want to learn. Okay, this is Black's Law Dictionary with Guide to Pronunciation from 1950. It says, definition of the terms and phrases of American and English jurisprudence, ancient and modern. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Definition of what? Definitions of the terms and phrases. Okay, stop. Now, if you go to Webster's Dictionary, do you think it's going to say the same thing, or do you think it might say something along the lines of definition of words? Yeah. You know, a term, for instance, person, okay, is a term. It's not a word. It's a term in legalese. Okay. Now, now in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights, when you see the word person, now you're talking about a different language. You're talking about a word. But when you're talking about legalese, when you're talking about the language of legal documents, that's what legalese is. It's been uh, legalese was the name given to the to the language of legal documents in 1914. So when you're looking at these, what you think is written in English, you're actually looking at terms, and you're looking at phrases. Phrases are a series of terms all connected together. For instance, you know, trial by a jury is one single term. Okay, that that that's a, or it can be considered a phrase maybe. Okay, but that's not that's not English. That that's not you know, uh, legalese is not English. You don't understand it. You're playing in 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 a world where you think you understand what they're talking about, and you've got no idea because they're using terms. They're not You're using right. words. You're right. You're never going to understand their definitions. You're never going to understand their rules. You're never going to understand their procedures. And that's yes. why you're a man, and you know I'm a man. I have a right to a full accounting of the debt and to have it verified in an open court. That's all I know. I don't need to know anything else. I've never been compensated to know anything else. Bring the man forward who's going to verify the debt or give me back my house. Very good. Okay. And, and would you do that just in the continuing case? I would start with the continuing case. And I would I would uh, study cause material real hard, and uh, use that existing case to to uh, learn how to apply notices, how to write notices, how to write things. And in, in a couple of months, when, you know, once you've gotten up to speed to where you can you know how to write, and you've met other people, and you're in the Skype groups that we've got where we all learn from each other. Yeah, you know, once you've once you've been at this for two or three months, you'll be ready to file a claim, and then you'll you'll go to your local court and you'll file a claim. But between now and then, you'll be writing letters to the attorneys, to the partners of the law firm, and to the man who's in charge of the bank or whoever it is that's you know that the attorneys are working for, because the the attorneys are moving on behalf of a fictitious character, or they're moving on on a on a claim that's not true. 
okay, because they know they can't prove the debt. And right. the, the bank is causing harm to a man for, you know, in the same way. So in one case, it's vexatious litigation, and in the other case, it's barratry. Got it. So you got to learn about all this stuff and start writing very polite letters. You know, hey, Bob, are you the man that I need to talk to to iron out you know, a couple of problems I've got with this case? You know, and, and you start getting names and you start letter writing. And, uh, you know, through this process of letter writing and dealing with the existing case and trying to reverse with the, the damage that's been done, you're going to get a lot of experience, and that will get you ready to move a claim. Okay. Gus, would you would you also send would you would you send copies to the Secretary of State or to the uh, Attorney General at all of Florida or or not? Uh, depends what you're writing. It depends on uh, you know if you're making an allegation that you know at first I certainly would not absolutely no way not right. at least not for two months until you've got some skills. Got you you got to learn you got to learn letter writing skills before you do that. Right. Letter writing is is an art. You got to understand words. For instance, if you think the word nice, uh, you know, like he's a nice guy, if you think that word nice means a pleasant, uh, you know, easy to get along with guy, uh, you better go look up the word nice. You know, and if you think that man is smart, well, you better go find out what smart really means. Because, you know, these are the words, you know, we don't even understand our own language, yet we go around thinking we understand legalese. Right, right. I mean, we're so far behind the eight ball, it ain't funny. Yep, yep, okay. All righty, all righty. Well, appreciate that. Uh, Thank uh, you so indeed. much. Okay. You're welcome, Robert. Hey, uh, hey Larry, uh, before, you, before you go on, Robert, uh, you can get a hold of us on Skype. My name is Gus, G-U-S dot uh, Breton, B-R-E-T-O-N on Skype. That's how you get a hold of me, and you can get a hold of Mike. Hey, get that run. G-U-S dot B-R-E-T-O-N, like Breton Woods. B R E T T O N. Only one T. Yep. Gus Breton. And you can get a hold of Mike. He's got a he's got his own Skype groups. We we intermingle. There's a there's groups for property taxes and you know all these different issues. And uh, Mike's uh, you can get a hold of Mike at Calm and Law. C A L M I N L A W. Okay. Uh, Mike has a talk to you on Monday nights, and his talk to you number is 133-802, and I have a talk to you on Wednesday nights. I don't usually do calls. Uh, mine's on Wednesday nights, and that's uh, 134-084. Very good. Very good. And and Mike, what was Calm and Law, that's his Skype address? That's his Skype address, yeah. And then my website is redressfordummies.org. Okay. And Carl's website is broadmind.org. I got that one. Yeah, dummies.org. Yeah. So I set up my website as a, as a place to get basic information and to get connected with other people. So you'll see contact information there for uh, for Carl, for Mike, for myself, uh, for Mo, who's in England, if you're looking for, for Mo. Yeah. So you, you'll, you'll find the contact information. Carl's early recordings are all listed there. And you know, with links that will take you to the actual recording on, on his talk show. And, uh, yeah, there, you know, some examples of how words are misused, uh, right. an explanation of the basics of common law. So get connected with people. And uh, but You guys are a great crew. You're a wonderful resource, um, and you give, you give hope to the, the common man. You give hope to the common man. Well, thank you. Thanks for joining us, and I hope uh, 
hope we'll see you. We'll hear from you again soon. Most definitely. All right. Yeah. As a, as a matter of fact, make sure you get get back with us and let us know how it worked out for you. We will. We will. Okay. Uh, we got quite a few on the call. Uh, anyone got their hands up? Put their hands up, and you can chime in next. Uh, anyone else got a question? Unmute yourself and chime in. I see California, Illinois, Georgia. Uh, hey, this is Jeremy. Uh, I've, I've got my hand up. Uh, I'm out here in Dallas. Okay, Jeremy, what you got? Well, uh, I'm actually calling to just give uh, my, like, uh, te- testifying to some, uh, you know, I don't know if Carl gets enough of this on the show or not, but uh, oh, yeah. I, I used this process, and uh, I actually was a call from December 13th, and it was for a speeding ticket I was trying to help my brother with. Uh, if anybody wants to look up the, the actual call show, uh, I believe it was the 13th of December uh, of this past year. Right, and, right, right. Uh, yeah, I did I did the process for my brother, trying to help him out, and uh, we actually got the case dismissed for a speeding ticket. So, you know, I'm just testifying to, you know, for everybody just to let them know that this stuff works, and um, they dismissed the case. We wanted to discharge. We put all the, the proper documents in, I, be, I believe, as, as far as what I did, but um, so yeah, I just wanted to call and testify to it and tell you know tell tell you guys thank you and uh, thank Carl. Well, Mike, tell us tell us what uh, tell us because uh, you got a lot of callers on. Uh, some of them are newbies and some of them are veterans. So uh, call us and, and, and go, tell us take us through uh, what you went through and and what you know what gave you the uh, the remedy that you was looking for. Oh. Uh, Basically, you know, he, he got a speed ticket in August, and um, I just basically wrote the – I told my brother kind of what to what to do and what to say, and I told him to listen to some of Carl's YouTube videos and things, and he did. And then I went to him with – I went to him to his hearings, and uh, the, the they tried to get, um, you know, get him to consent and get him to plea and get jurisdiction over him. Um, he didn't, he never let him do it. And then basically when we got out the hearings, we ended up just writing, writing letters like to the district attorneys, to the judges or just the judge. Cause they, they actually moved it from one venue to another. Okay. Let me ask you this. Take a yeah. step by step of what, uh, the process was that he used that got him the remedy that he got. Step by step. Uh, Basically went to the hearing. And, and let me say this. And the reason why I'm saying take a step by step because you have a lot of callers on that, that, that get confused between understanding administrative court, understanding your court, understanding how to write a claim, and how to, you know. So take a step by step of the success that you, that you, that you want to testify with that got him the process and the remedy that he was looking for using cause process. Okay, um, I'm, I'm gonna try, try my best here. Uh, yeah, on, you know, on, like like exactly what was said. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on the, the on the hearing date in December, his first hearing date was in November. We went there. Uh, the the judge wasn't there. They they I guess tried to move underneath the administrative procedure, and they tried to use like the court clerk and the assistant district attorney that was there, and they tried to get my to consent by, by pleading and he wouldn't do it. Uh, he he kind of didn't really know too much about what to do as far as paperwork wise, but yeah, I just told him what to say, what to do. And they didn't even let us like the bailiff didn't let me go into the hearing with, with my brother. 
had had he known a little bit more at the time, and I'd, I'd, I'd kind of go over with him a little more, I probably could have told him to, you know, well, require that, you know, his assistant, his aide and assistance of man be with him or, or something to that nature. So, um, you know, anyway, I was outside the building. He was inside. He ended up walking out the court saying, well, they, they, they reset it saying that I want legal counsel and, uh, you know, that I, that I wouldn't plead. He basically told them that they wouldn't plead. They even threatened them at one time to, uh, if they doesn't plead, they're going to put a warrant for his arrest. He told them, that's fine, whatever y'all want to do, but I'm not pleading. And, and I was kind of glad he actually did that when he walked out. So I talked to him after he got out the hearing, and he said, well, they reset it to another hearing. So I said, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll try to deal with the next hearing. And we're going to try not to even, you know, go to the hearing. But um, so we went to the next hearing, and then <clears throat> they, I was actually sitting down with him in front of the assistant DA, and they basically, uh, they tried to do the same thing, you know, same same old spiel. Uh, you're charged with this. How do you plead? Do you understand? Yada, yada. And we, we we ended up doing the same thing in December for that for that second hearing, and we 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 walked out not pleading to it, uh, not consenting, not giving jurisdiction. They didn't really ever challenge us on the, the person or the man or anything aspect of it, because I I didn't really kind of like try to go in that direction. I just wanted to say I'm a man or I a man, and then that I just left it alone after that in the notices. So anytime we anytime we went to court in, or these hearings, we gave them a notice every time we walked to the to the courtroom, like the court clerk, like where you check in or whatever. So sorry, I'm kind of kind of gonna get my thoughts together. Uh, I know because I put you on the spot, so you know, right? Yeah, just take your time because because what I want to know the the language that you use because see, uh, what works in, in in court is when you when you're speaking of. You know this man you, you, that you you're walking in. You're telling them you're a man. You know. So uh, what intimidated the judge, or what intimidated the court? So what did you put in your language? What did you put in your letters? Um, basically, I, I've been listening to Carl stuff for a couple, several months, and several talk shows and everything. So I've used very basic, uh, common, uh, par, uh, common parlance language like this. Your um, just you know, very basic language. Uh, require. I make sure I knew the words require. I knew the, you know just all the tricky words that they can kind of trick you with the little tricks that they that they that they can use. I, I learned from hearing Carl, and I took notes on his stuff. Hold on for a minute. Uh, if, you, if you're not speaking, I'm gonna need you to mute out because I, I hate to mute everyone out. But if you're not speaking, just hit your mute button to chime you back in. So uh, because there's a lot of noise in the background. Star six. Go ahead, Carl. Yeah, I'll get to basically the gist of the notices that we put in. It was, and I actually read it almost verbatim off of uh, one that that show I referenced earlier. Um, so if anybody wants to hear what what was said in the notices, they're there. Um, but yeah, I mean, just basic. Uh, you know, we require the man or woman to appear before court, testify under oath or affirmation. Uh, you know, that uh, I wronged or harmed somebody or, or just the man or woman, said man or woman, um, you know, advise the court that they don't have jurisdiction over us or him, um, you know, require fair and just compensation for any interference with uh, my rights to, you know, access the common law, court or record, trial by jury, 
just just trying to go run the, the basic stuff like that. Um, and then, so you know, at the end of the hearings, the you know they they scheduled the the, the the DA assistant DA he tried to schedule a trial, and he said, you know, we're going to do it in about you know we'll get a notice, and we got the notice for the trial, and it was for you know February something, and it's February twelfth I think. And then next thing you know, they, they they all of a sudden out of the blue, we just kept falling online, and then out of the blue, they canceled the trial and motioned. I saw that the um, the assistant DA or somebody was motioning to transfer the, the case to another court, in another justice of the peace court, because that, we were at, we were at originally at a justice of the peace court, and they transferred like like eight or six miles away from the the original jurisdiction where we thought there was jurisdiction, but they transferred it to another court. And we were we were wondering, well, why did they do that? And for the longest time, I thought, well, maybe they're just kind of like reviewing this paperwork and they don't know what to make out of it, how to decipher it or whatnot, which they probably didn't. Because when I looked later into the case file, after it was transferred to another court, uh, without, and it said they transferred to another court with the Justice of the Peace, and they put... A new schedule a new another hearing when we wanted to go to trial. So we we're like, okay. So we're just like, well, we're just gonna wait and see what they say. And I, we went and got an open records file on the case, and we looked at the 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 notations or the motions and the orders from the judge. And the motions were transferred because the, or the case was transferred because they they thought it was an issue with the jurisdiction lines for the precinct. So we said, okay, well, that's kind of weird, but why, why would they have us do all this over at this court? And then all of a sudden, just out of the blue, after we sent all this paperwork, now they want us to go somewhere else, some other court, like eight miles down, somewhere not even near, like, his city. But, you know, that's fine. So I said, okay, we'll just wait. And then we really didn't have any – we didn't have any uh, more paperwork that we sent to him other than just that, that the first two ones that we gave him at the hearing. And I, I even sent a letter to the judge at that time frame during like the first trial that we were trying to go through, I sent them a letter saying, you know, basic, uh, you know, we're going to require the man or woman appear, uh, and the, the 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 party moving the case against us doesn't have jurisdiction over I, um, you know, it, it just very basic. We didn't want we wanted the judge to see that we're not we know that the judge is not coming after us. It's the party on the other side. But that could be the that that might have just been the case for this particular scenario, but it, maybe the next time it'll be different if we ever get something that we have to fight. But uh, so yeah, right. I mean, after, after all that paperwork was done, very very simple one or two page pieces of paper. Um, I wish it was a little bit shorter than what I put in there, but uh, I think they they understood that we we were we were a man and we we knew what we were doing a little bit because we kind of didn't. <laughs> Well, you know what? One of the things, one of the things that I'm getting out of what you're saying is that you kept writing the judge and letting the judge know, look here, I'm a man. I'm coming in as a man, and I want to see the man or the woman that done that I done wrong. You know, and, and that's what it seems like. Uh, you, you know, that your notice has been going to the judges was all about. You know, do you think that's that's pretty much on top of it? Yeah, that's basically what it was. We, I mean, I, I try to keep it very short, and simple with the judge. I don't want them to think that. We were trying to go after the judge at all, but I was right. Thinking. Well, so, I tell you what, uh, uh, I, I sure appreciate you calling in and letting us know uh, the uh, success that you have. So, uh, 
Uh, just keep, uh, just keep your process. I mean, keep you know studying what you can, and and you know, like I try to tell everyone, especially everyone to call, you know, that one thing about being a man or a woman, it's a lifestyle. You know, something that you have to just digest. You know, uh, of, of just you know knowing that it's it's a lifestyle. You just want to, you know, walk the talk that lifestyle. You know, so uh, so I appreciate you calling. We're gonna see who anyone else got. Uh, anyone else having this show got their hands yeah, up. Go- yeah, God bless y'all. Okay, hey, appreciate you. Anyone else? Had, uh, who has your hands up? Anyone else got their hands up? Who's next? Larry. Any, yes. Right here, Illinois. Bingo Law. Who, who am I speaking to? Bingo Law. Bingo, okay, what's going on? Got a quick question. Okay. Actually, for a friend of mine. Good guy, Larry, you know what I mean? And I'm trying to give him some help. This guy uh, got caught with his gun, right? He got caught with his gun. Good guy, didn't use it on nobody. Registered to him. He, uh, they gave him a felony for for 18 months probation. And what I'm trying to do is get uh, help him out and everybody else. How can he write letters? to whomever, you know, because that's his contract. He signed it. You know what I mean? So how did he receive help from you guys, you know, as far as, you know, donation and then being on Skype and you guys teaching him the the writing letter process? Well, you just said it right there. He can get on Skype and uh, get get with one of the groups. And uh, and that's what they do. They'll be able to get with him and 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 help uh help uh teach him uh the uh process of writing because one thing that he have already done he have already uh did a contract with him right. Yeah, yeah, Larry. He he entered into a contract because of the lawyer. You know what I mean? He didn't right. know, and then at the time I didn't know. I had just started listening to Carl, and then I was like, damn, I wish I knew that. As well, it's, don't still, lawyer. it's still a little something he can do. Uh, let me see, Mike. You, you want to address that, Mike? Now, Larry. Uh huh. There's another part to that because I know I heard you guys in the back say you don't want to go back to the beginning because that'll put him back in jail. How can we renegotiate the terms and conditions? Well, that, that's that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna get you some help on right now, Gus. Gus, you might want to uh, let him know what is his next alternative he can do to. Uh, and, and also, he 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 also donated to Carl too. Okay, okay. So I told I told him you know donate something. He did donate forty dollars like at the beginning of this month, and I think he sent off another forty dollars. Okay. So, uh, well. The one of the good process that you started that you're in a Skype group. If he's in a Skype group, uh, that's where you need to get in, and 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 get that's where well, and that's where most of his questions can get answered once he gets okay. in the Skype group, you know. So, uh, and if he's in the group, well, then all he needs to do is just raise his hand and ask questions because someone is in there is going to get with him. I think they got a writing class and everything with the Skype group. Oh, on what days, Larry? So I can I want to get in it also. Uh, okay. Mike, uh, Mike has his call on Wednesday, on uh, Monday nights, and that's talks you one three three eight zero two starts at seven p.m. Eastern time. 
and that's that's just a regular call. We we, we don't do on Skype. We don't have a schedule. On on Skype, uh, that's 24 hours a day. There's people from Japan and Australia, New Zealand and England on there, Canada. So whenever you're on, chances are somebody else is there also. And you, you can meet people from around the world and and talk with them. And uh, you know, some of these guys have worked with Kyle personally and uh, have you know they've they've already become real familiar with with a lot of stuff. Uh, but that's you know that's Mike's call. Mine's on Wednesday night, and that's one three four eight zero four. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, that's not right. Mine's uh mine's one three four zero eight four. Okay, and I'm sorry, Gus. What 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 Mike's one three three? Mike is one three three eight zero two. But if you go to my website, redressfordummies.info, I mean uh, uh-huh. dot org. Redress for, for dummies.org. There's a tab at the top that says Talk to You Archives. That's got Carl's call, it's got Mike's call, and it's got my call. It's got Mike's Skype information, it's got my Skype information. All the contact information and Talk to You information you're looking for is right there. Thank you, thank you. But can we, can, can we expound or talk about that? I mean, just for the listeners, because they, oh, they may be going through something like that. Just yeah, to, I, I haven't. Uh, we haven't heard from Mike tonight. I don't know if Mike uh, wants to jump on this one or not. Yeah, Mike, Mike, if you don't, come on, jump in. Also, we're getting a lot of static. I'm getting some uh, background, uh, someone outdoors. Yeah, that's not yeah, me, Larry. I'm indoors. I've been listening to you guys. Okay. <laughs> okay, Mike, you there, Mike? Yeah, I was uh, doing other stuff. I didn't catch the whole story, so I'm not exactly sure what's going on. Okay, he gonna go uh, tell him tell him your story. Mike gonna expound on it uh, with you a little bit. Okay, how you doing, Mike? I'm good. How are you? All right, sir. All right, I, I got a friend, right? Mike. They they charged him with uh, an aggravated UUW, in which he never <laughs> used his gun. So they charged him with like a felony for. Guy never been in trouble, no background or anything. Um, gun registered to him. Only thing he didn't have is a carry and conceal license that's required in the city. So he didn't have that. But the gun, you know, was in his trunk, locked up where it's supposed to be. Police took it upon themselves to search his car and get the gun out. You know what I mean? He charged him with it. Good guy. He He wants to know how can he renegotiate the terms and conditions to get off that uh, probation and felony for. And I had another question. They gave him, like, court fines and fees, like $695. And then they had another fee on there for, like, $900. But he said when he talked to the probation officer, it's not in their system that he's supposed to pay that $900. And he said the lady at the court also told him they don't know why they put that on there. She told him to forget about it, just pay the six ninety five. So I don't know anything about that. But his probation officer also said that it's not even in the system for him to even pay nine hundred dollars. And I guess that's like a probation cost. Something like that. But yeah, he wants to know, you know, how can he get on the groups to learn the letter writing, who he needs to write, and how can he renegotiate the terms and conditions 
of that contract because he created it. That's what I heard you guys say, and this is what how I explained it to him. I don't know if I explained it right, but uh, good guy, never been in trouble, first time. This is not even trouble. He ain't even using it on nobody. He just, you know, it was in his car. So that's that's basically it, Mike. Um. Well, it sounds to me like the police were the ones that brought the uh, the property out into the public. Yes. Um. I would say he was acting as a man wasn't operating under a license at the time, so nobody really had any right or authority to interfere. Um, the bail conditions, he probably doesn't want to rescind it, but maybe ne- renegotiate. Um, maybe at one time he believed it would be a benefit. Mm-hmm. However, uh, certain terms and conditions cause harm. Yeah. And it just strikes some of the conditions out. And like the felony for because it can cause them harm now and in the future. Well I don't know if he, he can't really rescind a charge, is that what you mean? Yeah. Can he do that? Well who he how how would he go about doing that? I would think letter writing to the man acting as prosecutor. Prosecutor? Yeah, how long does he have till next court date? No, he's actually on 18-month probation. Oh, so court's already over with. Yeah. So he made a plea. That was his plea. Right, 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 Larry. Okay. So he did take a plea deal? Yeah, he took a plea deal because he didn't know. He, he was going on with, with a, a lawyer who, who wasn't even a criminal defense lawyer. She was some real estate lawyer. You know, one thing I can definitely tell you, those those plea deals are something that I, I, I can't understand why, you know, anyone would ever want to plea. But I guess you, you're scared into it when you get your lawyers and everything else, you know, because I've read several pleas that people have done, and you might as well went on went to <coughs> had a trial by jury if you're going to take a plea. Yeah. You know? So, uh, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a game-changer when you take a plea. Because the last plea that I saw, the young lady took a plea, and – in her plea, she was guilty of everything, and then they tell you you can't rescind your plea in the plea, and the only thing you can do is modify it. And in order to modify your plea, you know, that you that you agreed to, you'd have to have a lawyer to do that, you know. So uh, they really they really stick you with these pleas, and like you said, and, and put these fees and fines on, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Now, just uh, as a side note, Larry, uh, I mean, I, I didn't realize they put that kind of language in a plea agreement. I haven't read one in years. But uh, would you agree that that language is legalese and that you know, you didn't understand what you were signing? Oh, without a doubt. Yes, it is. Yeah. 
Oh, most definitely. Just wanted to get that out there. Yeah. <laughs> but, Gus, let me ask you this, Gus, because, you, you know, you had a lawyer with you when you when you agreed to that plea, you know, and, and, and so uh, and, and all that being legalese, I would think that once you write, start writing your letters and you re, you want to rescind that within uh, you, you almost stand a chance to to go to jail right then and there once you rescind that plea. If uh, you know if that uh, plea is tied to you going to you know tied to your uh, your case of you uh, having anything to do with you going to jail. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying uh, it, it was done in the language of legal documents. The attorney speaks that language. And when he's talking to you, he didn't. I'm sure he didn't explain to you the words that are in the document uh, and how they're different from the words that are in English, and that they don't mean the same thing. I'm, I'm sure nobody ever had that discussion. But uh, yeah, if you rescind the or revoke the plea, uh, you end up where you started from. And yeah, at this point, uh, I, I agree. Uh, you know, modifying the bail conditions. I mean the. Uh, the plea conditions uh, might be a, a much better way to go. I, you know, it sounds to me like no man was hurt and uh, no harm was done. There was no injury. So you might also write to the court about the, uh, you know, there was an inadvertent uh, error, inadvertent mistake on the court where, uh, no, you know, there's no man that came forward to claim there was harm, injury, or loss, and therefore no crime was done. So, you know, you can do it. Some people call that a void judgment, and they've got all sorts of... Uh, I haven't looked into the void judgment stuff enough to know it. Uh, you know, the way I do some of the other things we talked about, I've got a lot of studying left to do. And, you know, but that's, you know, the, on the basis that no man came forward to claim a harm, injury, or loss, uh-huh. uh, you're... You're, you're accusing me of violating a statute, and in New Hampshire, uh, in the New Hampshire Bill of Rights, it, it clearly says that these statutes are created for the good administration of government. So, yeah, I don't know what your Bill of Rights says, but uh, according to the U.S. Constitution, uh, you know, a man in one state has the same rights, privileges, immunities as a man in another state, and it's not exactly I think, how I think, it's written, I think but, Illinois reads like that, too. Yeah, Illinois. When I checked out the Illinois Constitution, I couldn't believe how many times it got changed. <laughs> it got changed over and over again. Yep. Now, what I'm going to do is play the Freddie King gospel style. Sorry about that. Uh, did, did he pay the fine? Well, like Mike said, you know, you start by letter writing and uh, and finding out, you know, getting get more information. I got a question when y'all are done. It's a lean question. Not because uh, my homeboy just called me. My name is my name is Kevin. I got a house in uh, New York, and uh, my boy just called me. some music. Hold on, there's some music in the background. We we don't need that. Oh, who's the caller fucking now? My name's Kevin. Are we? We finished. No, no. no, what is your what is your name on the on the uh, on the board? Junes. J U N E Z. Okay. Looks like looks like Traveler One has got the music. 
There it is. Oh. Oh, it ain't me. Is. I'm outside. So. <laughs> hey, so we we finished this bingo law. We we done talking? Uh, uh, yeah. I tell you what. Um, hang on, hang on. Hey, Gus, Larry. Hey, this is Mark in Atlanta. The caller that's asking about the man with the charges. Um, that wouldn't happen to be a man named Keith, would it? Yeah, that's my man Keith. Okay, that's who I thought. It sounded familiar. This is Mark. I've spoken with Keith. Um, I haven't heard from him in a, in a while. I don't. I man, he's he been man, he he been down, man. He's just you know trying to figure out what to do, but uh, his, his spirit's coming back up now. Well, have him give me a call if he wishes. All right, he's still got my number, I believe. Uh, what's your what's your number, Mark? This is Mark in Atlanta. He okay. should still have it. Yeah, I'll give him a jingle. I got his number still. Okay. But uh, it sounded very familiar, and uh, I, he's called in before. I forgot whose show it was on. I think it was on yours, Mike. I don't remember, though. Yeah, I, I, as soon as you said Keith, I kind of remembered who you were talking about instantly. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember him, too. Right, right, right. Yeah, hey, man, that's a good guy, man. Doing yeah, he, I, I spoke with him a few times. He, he sounded like a really nice man. So, yeah. And he, and he helps out the uh, underfluid children, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, yeah. He, when he was going through all that, he was, you know, donating and... He does a lot of that community service, man, and good guy, man. All righty. Well, I tell you what, uh, Mark is going to take care of that for you, uh, get with him and, and everything else. And I tell you what, once Mark get with him and everything else and, uh, you know, put him on the right track, make sure you get him back and get him on the car where he can tell us uh, the success that he had. Will do. Will do. All right, then. Thank you, guys, and hey, keep up the good work, man. All right, Another man. thing I was thinking, too, is his um, his plea deal should have nothing to do with his probation or his bail. Well, I guess his, his probation, yes, but his bail conditions, it shouldn't make any difference for his bail conditions. Oh, okay. Because his bail conditions, I'm guessing, are just kind of ordering him to show up to court, right? Yeah, you- but he, he says... He don't even have to see the probation officer anymore. He he mails in like, you know how you have to go every month. The probation officer like your case so you know light that all you have to do is you just mail in your stuff. I got a lean question. Oh, who is this? Kevin, I was. Is it uh, is this Junie? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Junior, uh, what's your lane question? Um, oh, hold on, guys, yeah, we threw we threw with uh, we threw that uh, caller, right? Huh? Are we are we threw another caller, uh, uh, Mike. Okay, I guess we'll move on. Okay, Junior, go ahead. Um, my homeboy just called me because uh, I have a property in New York, and like they had got a lien on it about a year ago, and he just told me some guy was knocking on my door. That the, the I'm in Colorado right now, and my house is in New York. And he was like, uh, "I got 90 days." The guy that knocked on my door, which my boy didn't get no name, no nothing, but I know the letter. I know what he's talking about because I got a letter from the last year. So he was saying I got 90 days until the city forecloses on it, and I'm like, "Okay, now what?" <laughs> but I already know 
I gotta find. Well, I gotta read their letter because I can send a letter to the lean people, but they got so many damn addresses that. Oh no! Uh, hold, on, hold on, hold on! You're not making any sense. You don't have any idea what the letter says? No, I know what the letter says. I have the letter. Uh, but, and who sent it to you? Um, some company named Intact Services. They didn't put a name on it. Okay. What, I does the letter, what does the letter say? That I owe them like thirty-nine thousand dollars for for lien for a lien that they bought. For my property, because my property's lien was like thirty. Okay, so so they're leaning on your property because what's the thirty nine thousand dollars from? Is it from property taxes? Because they yep. mowed your lawn? Because they walked your dog? Property what taxes. is it that? What they're claiming that you owe them some money for what? Because they bought the property taxes that I had because I didn't okay. pay my property taxes. So, so how much time yeah. do you have to to remedy the situation? Ninety days. So ninety days to do what? To pay them back, or to pay the yeah. city back, or to pay the city back? Yeah. All right. And, and is that specifically spelled out in the letter? Well, no. That 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 that, that I just got today from my homeboy because he told me the guy knocked on my door. I guess he was a representative of the city or whatever. And, yeah, well, that, uh, you, you need to get, you need to find out exactly what's going on because we can talk about this, you know, for the next four hours and not really give you anything concrete that makes any sense. Uh, yeah. If, if it's like this, you do that, and if it's like this, you do that. We can go on forever. You got to know if it's you know if it's definitely property tax or if it's got some some other you know you you might have some other issue going on at the same time. Yeah. Look, I know it well. The property taxes, I know because I didn't. They sent me a letter about yeah, we bought your property taxes and now you owe us this plus interest. It's only been that. Okay, so did they buy? Did, did they purchase your property tax debt and now they're charging yes. you for the property taxes plus interest? Yes. All right, so they're uh, and if you don't pay them by a certain amount of time, they're going to take possession of the property. Yes. All right. Uh, you need to get those letters into somebody's hands, like me or Mike or or, or Larry or somebody who's willing to help you out. And okay. uh, you need to do some letter writing. Uh, you right. know, get involved with the Skype groups. Get the letters out there. Uh, is there a, is, does that come from a case number? Is, is there did they follow no, suit? Not a case. No, no, they didn't follow suit. Nothing. They just sent a letter. They didn't follow no suit or nothing. All right, and when when uh, When's your ninety days run out? When's your time limit run? June, about June this year. All right, so you've got a little bit of time. You know, you can you can easily get all that paperwork together and get on Mike's call on Monday night or on my okay. call Wednesday night, and we'll continue the discussion. Uh, but you know, that's the kind of stuff where you really got to look at the paperwork and find out what's really going on. But uh, okay. if it's a property tax issue, you might. Uh, Begin by letter writing with the uh, county treasurer, uh, whoever that is. What county are you in? I'm in. I'm in. I'm in Colorado right now. My oh yeah. What house, county is the property uh, in? Uh, New York. What county? Uh, Kings. Okay. So you're going to get in touch with the. Uh, eventually, you're going to get in touch with the treasurer to verify that there was a debt on the on the property due to taxes. Uh, 
I can't imagine you, you didn't already get letters from from the uh, county treasurer letting you know that your your property tax was due. Yeah, I wasn't there. And you know, the people that were there wouldn't mail me the, the letter, though. So. All right, so right yeah. to the county. Yeah, you're going to write to the county treasurer. You're going to let them know, hey, I'm in Colorado. I didn't know what was going on. I want to remedy this as soon as possible. What you know? What do you require of me? Now that that would be a great first letter to start with to let them know that uh, you know that you didn't abandon the property. Okay. All righty. I have the letter at home. I'm actually at the post office right now. So when well, I get home, I can I can I can read you the letter or mail it to you. That actually, you know, we're going to be on for a few hours. If you want to do that, uh, I don't okay. do well with people reading stuff to me because I have to see it. But if Larry's good with that or, or Mike, I mean, you know, I'm not the only one on the call. Okay. Well, well like I can like you said, uh, uh, he just need to get on the on the on the call Monday or Wednesday. Uh, that way, uh, you can take his time and and uh, <laughs> you know. Send it to one of the groups, someone in the group, and, and they can walk in through it. Because one thing I definitely want to let the callers know, especially when you when you having these type of uh, type of presentments presented to you and everything else, the first thing you have to do is first of all you want to answer every last one of them you get. Second thing you want to do is you want to make sure you find out who sent you the paperwork. It's got to be a man or woman that sent you the paperwork. That's the first thing you look for. Now, if you don't have a, a name of a man or woman on there, you call a 1-800 number, you look at whatever the file that's on that piece of paper, the, the account number, and you call and you ask, uh in this particular file? And whoever has that file, you get the man or woman's name. Now you got a name. Then you got someone you can write your letters and talk to. So you're going to have to always find all these presentments, find out who is the man or woman that's writing you this paper that's saying they're, they're uh, leaning you up, or you know, because it's not the fictitious entity, the, uh, the state of Georgia, the state of, of California. It's got to be a man or woman. So always look up and try to figure out who the man or woman you're speaking to. Then when you come on the call, you're talking about the man or woman that sent you a piece of paper that's causing you harm as a man. And it's gonna be easy to go to the uh uh to Mike's show or, or Gus show and you're gonna be able to have dialogue with them. They're gonna be able to understand what you're saying to them, you know, perfectly by when you're saying this man that uh, that wears the hat uh for the state of California, his name was Johnny. Johnny the one that wrote this piece of paper to me. You know, and then you're talking about taking it from there, taking another step, and your writing, your letter writing campaign is the best way to start. Okay. And I should send it registered mail, right? Well, first of all, you want to you want to you, you want to get make sure you send the right letter, so uh, uh, the right type of letter with as less words as you can, explaining and getting your point over. You know, okay. and in your case, it's not that far-fledged. You got a little time and everything else. You just want to get with one of the guys where they can help you write the letter. Okay. As far as as far as certified or registered mail, yeah, you just send a regular letter because if they don't answer you within, you know, 10 days, you're going to write them another letter, you know, saying, hey, Bob, I sent you a letter. Ten days ago, you haven't responded yet. I thought this was important to you. I've attached a copy of that first letter for your convenience, and I hope to hear from you soon. 
right? And when they yeah. don't answer, if they don't answer that, you send them another letter. So, Bob, I've written you twice, and now I'm copying your boss because I'm not getting a response, and I really want to get this out of my life and move on and resolve, you know, settle whatever issues going on. So you don't have to do any special kind of mailing because you're going to be mailing these guys over and over and over again, and you're going to reference every one of those letters that you wrote. And the best thing he can do is, you know, you know, dear John, sorry I didn't respond to your first letter. It must have got lost someplace. But I'm in, I'm in possession of your third letter, and uh, you know, this is what's going on. You know, so eventually they're going to answer you because you're going to have him and his boss and his boss's boss involved. You know, all, you know, this man and this woman, and uh, so don't worry about you know special mailing and certified and. At some point in time, you're going to end up sending a fair warning letter saying, look, I've communicated with you. We've talked about this. I've explained to you how this is causing me harm, and I'm requiring you to cease and desist. And when you send that kind of a letter out, that's when you have it served by a process server, not by the sheriff, but by a man who does this as a profession. And you have them served by Jack, the man who serves process, and Jack is going to serve Bob another man who acts as a bill collector or as a county treasurer or whatever, you know, position he's in. So you're going to have him served man to man so that when you file your claim later, you can bring the man in and say, look, that man was served with this paper. So, but that's, you know, that's way down the road. Okay. All righty then. Okay. I show up. We answered your question. Yep. All right. So did. Okay. So then next. On the call, then I'll well, I'll take a picture of the letter or read it. Or I'm almost home now anyway, so. Okay. I can read it to y'all. I'll just uh, give everybody else a chance to jump on, and and when things slow down, uh, you know, come on back. Okay. Cool. All right. Okay. Okay. Right. Appreciate you, dude. All right. No problem. All righty. So we we moving on up. Uh, anyone, Mister, who's next? Uh, you have an issue? The call, jump on in. Uh, Central Minnesota, you've been unmuted. Bob T from Colorado, you've been unmuted. If you have, uh, let's say, let me say it like this: If you have a success, uh, if you have a story to tell, or if you're having an issue that you want to discuss, uh, now's the time. Uh, you can come right on in. Who's next? Put your hands up. Free node. Free node. You got. You're unmuted. Hello. Yes. Miss Aquila, how are you? Okay, what's going on, Miss Aquila? Nothing much. Just found my, uh, you know, answer to, you know, the other side. And just waiting to, uh, you know, their response to that. And once they respond to me, have a court date, then I believe I will be filing my claim soon enough. All right, then. All right, then. Well, you waiting on your response? Okay. Yep. That's right. Well, that's that's pretty good. And I'm quite sure you're gonna get a response because I know you've been out there working real hard writing yours. So, 
Uh, you're definitely going to get a response. Uh, I've seen Billy the Kid out there. Billy the Kid. What's going on, Billy? Okay, Porch Family. You got... No, anyone don't, don't don't feel ashamed like you don't want to talk. If anyone got got something that they want to explain, want to give in, or want some help on, now's the time to, to, to chain in. Yeah, I have. Okay, well, who's that got a question? Uh, this is Williams one on one. Williams one on one. Okay, get closer to the mic, Williams. Okay, I got a question about when you send notice to, uh, or when you send a question. To superior court uh, judges and requesting information, and they don't respond to you. Or if you send a letter to the attorney general and they don't respond to you, well, they do. They do send a letter back by their secretary that says it's inappropriate to contact them, and that any mail you send further will be returned. How do you address that issue? Hey, Larry. Uh, Western and Southwest Virginia seems to be making a lot of noise there. There you go. Oh, yep. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead with your, Go ahead again, caller. Uh, uh, he's asking about uh, when you write to a to a man acting as judge looking for information and they don't write back. Is that what I did? I hear right, William? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Do you want to? Uh, what kind of information? Well, I, I was, I'm attempting to file a, a claim in a in a common law court, but they insist that you follow their rules on their forms and all that kind of stuff. So some of the questions were, like, if I don't understand legalese, and I fill and I fill out the form, it doesn't mean anything to me. I don't understand it, so it's, I'm putting it in words that I that I would not understand, and I wish to file my own claim but they refused to file the claim. So I said, is there a law that says I cannot file a claim unless I use their legal system, hire a lawyer, or follow their forms? And I don't get a response, I don't get a reply to those answers. Mark? Where are you located, caller? What you could do is file the claim as they wish, and then when you send the, the summons out to the individual, modify the paperwork as as necessary to bring it into compliance for your court, because you now have a number. So you modify the work, send out the summons, get your summons, and start from there. Another idea was when the man or woman acting as chief justice wrote back to you and said that it was inappropriate for you to write to a judge. I think I would have wrote back right away and said I wasn't, I didn't write to a judge. Yeah, I wrote to the woman. That's correct. I did. I did that letter. And um, what did the man or woman? who works as Attorney General, respond with? That I haven't got a response yet. How long ago did he or she get 
she was sent a letter um, four, when did she four, get it? four days ago, five days ago. She got it five days ago? Uh, she got it, the, yeah, she got it the next day. Yeah, five days ago she got it. So you got another five days to wait till, at least till you see if you get a response from her. Yeah, that's why I figured seven to ten days. What about uh, what about uh, using their form just for ease of filing and uh, possibly doing file on demand? Yeah, the the minute you put inside in your claim, you know, they have their cover page. Then there's the page where you put your cause of action, your claim. When you write something like a claim is trespass, they automatically do not take it because a trespass is a is a different apparently it's supposed to go to a different court it's not uh, well, yeah you're you're setting it up in your court at their court that's that's i believe how you do it so Dave, you just Dave, you're not filing it into their court no no i'm not filing no this is not in their court this is a separate claim this is a separate side Okay, but what what court are they going to move it to? They're going to attempt all different things, and you just have to keep filing and prodding them back back the way they're supposed to be in your court, where it's supposed to be in your court. When you go to the court, there's a wicket for criminal claims, there's a wicket for, for civil claims, there's one for small claims, and there's one for family court. When you go you're probably to the, going to use this. You're probably going to use the small claims uh, form for ease of filing. Exactly. And, you go to uh, small claims. Just, you fill out their paperwork exactly like they want, and when you put on the paper, you say you're claiming. Uh, no, 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 no. You don't. You don't. You don't fill out their whole paperwork. You just attach their form to what you have, and your claim is is all filled out, and you're just attaching their paper yes. on top of yours. Or he's a filing, and you yes, could put like my paperwork is not part of their forms, so when it's attached to it, it's not accepted. They can't. They can't not accept it. They do. I I, I know you're saying they cannot accept. You fill out their form. Are you? Are you, you attach your form, and when your form is attached to it, the clerk looks at it and says, "These papers are not part of our forms, and we will well, not why? accept your claim." Why are you going in and talking face to face with these people? They won't accept them through the mail. It's sent back. What do you mean? They're refusing federal mail. Registered yeah, mail. Have, have, oh, hold on, hold on. Are they actually refusing to sign for your mail? Uh, the mail, the mail. Well, in this court, I haven't heard back from, but the other court, they'll sign for it, but they, but it sits unopened. Okay, so they got it. They did get it, yes. So the new courthouse, what's going on with the new courthouse? The new courthouse, I haven't heard back from them yet to mail it in. This is the butcher. You've already mailed it in? Yes. I tried mailing it. I tried mailing the claim in. How long ago did you mail it? Uh, that was um, three days How three long ago, ago did they get it? Three days ago. I haven't checked if they got it yet. Yeah, the other thing is you might not want to be writing to the judge. You probably want to uh, write to the uh, uh, court clerk. 
and find out why, you know, why the employees are returning your stuff. Yeah, the court clerk that I spoke to when I went to file the claim and actually physically file it, said she said that they won't accept the documents because it's not on the proper pick forms. The Did you tell her to put that in writing? Uh, yes. Did and you tell her boss to put it in writing? Uh, yes, I sent a letter to Drew, and Drew has not responded. I, you're jumping to another day now. I, didn't you say you... Was all this by letter, or were you there? Yes. No, the letter. Oh, asked her, the clerk in person, or like when I was there physically to put it in writing. She said no. And did you tell her to put it in writing? I did tell her to put it in writing. And then did you tell her boss to put it in writing? Then I sent a letter to her boss to put it in writing. You didn't answer my question, so I'm guessing no? Sorry, say it again? Okay, you told her to put it in writing and she didn't. Why didn't you tell her boss to put it in writing? I did. I thought you said you wrote a letter to the boss. Oh, I, I, he wasn't there. So I wrote him a letter to put it in writing. He's in a different... I got, I got a general question here. In a different courthouse. From, from listening to Carl, he says, file the paperwork as they want it filed. Then when you send the paperwork out for uh, as a summons, modify it to, to fit your needs, send it to summons once it's been served, and you get all that back, file that into court. Now you've completely changed the case into your case. Your the reason that you file the other... paperwork the way they want it filed, you get a case number. Once you have a case number, then send out to, to modify the case as necessary for your use with a court number on it, with as a summons, have it served with a process server. When it comes back, then it's filed into the court case, and you're all set. Okay. Uh, you... I, I believe I believe you may be uh, mistaken on that a little bit, from what I understand. He said, if you want, if you need to get a claim number, you could do it that way, just to get a claim number to put it in the case number. Hold on, to get a to get a claim number to put on their case. No, you're putting it on your case. How do you get case, a claim number put already on got there? a claim number on it. You're filing your case in, so you go ahead and file the case using their paperwork so that you get a number. Once you got a number, you rewrite your case, modify the case as necessary, and then send it then send it out to be served with a process server. When you get it back it has to be filed into the court. Absolutely. Okay. When the when the case gets filed, I believe the cover sheet goes away, and you can amend your case all you want, as long as the other party has not been served. And if the other party has been served, you then to... you need their permission to amend. That's right. So you amend it. You amend it prior to sending that out prior to service serving. to the other party. And once they get the summons and the service, you've already modified it and everything. They're looking at the modified thing before it goes back into the court. And there's also the option of having the Attorney General's office on speed dial 
And as soon as she says no, call up the Attorney General's office and just say, yeah, my name's Dave. I'm in the courthouse. I'm trying to file a claim. And hold on a second. Excuse me, ma'am. What's your name? Susie? Okay, thanks. Susie is uh, taking it upon herself to interfere with my right to access the court and just get somebody from her boss's office to give her a good earful. And then every time you go to that courthouse, you can go and talk to her because she's not going to mess around anymore. Hey, did Dave ever write to uh, the Board of Health inspector or whoever he was dealing with the last time we talked about this? That was one of the, one of the suggestions. I'm wondering if he's done that. I sent him a good letter today. I don't think he likes it, though. Yeah, you know what I don't like? Is that Mike was able to say it in a lot less words than I did. I thought I did pretty good. That's a good like. That's a good like, uh, not like to like. (laughs) Yeah, I was kind of pissed because uh, I thought I had it pretty short and sweet, and Mike fired one back that was uh, about half the size, uh, I think maybe 15 or 18 words. And I was like, shit, how could I miss all that? But anyways, it was, yeah, those letters are going to go out to Monday. Yeah, I think if you attack the the, the inspector and get him to uh, either back off or admit that uh, you you complied, uh, that's going to create a problem for them because that's basically their key witness. I say... uh apologize if he offended him, ask for forgiveness, and ask for a bill so he can compensate him. And now he's not an injured party. There is no debt. He's been forgiven. All is well. Now who's who's the next guy? Like Somebody else got a complaint? Somebody got a claim? Who's next? Don't ask me that Nothing, Jake. This matter's already been settled. Huh? Hey, we can hear your wife yelling at you. No, that's not mine. My wife doesn't yell at me. No, no, the guy covering the phone. (laughs) Okay, Will, to answer your question, Will? Yes, thank you very much. All righty. Illinois, you are uh, you unmuted, Illinois. You got your question next. Illinois. That might be me, Larry. It's Bingo Law. Oh, you had your hands up? Okay. Oh, that uh, we was got earlier. You. Huh? Yeah, that was earlier when you had. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Got you. Yeah. All right. Appreciate it. Okay. Uh, was this guest forty four? Hello, yes. can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Okay, this is this is Steve from Illinois. All right, Steve. Hey, um, I was on a call uh, Wednesday night with Gus. Uh, it was uh, with uh, I had a, a friend on who's having some uh, child custody issues here in Illinois. Um, she she had talked uh, with Gus at, at pretty great length there, um, and I'm trying to get her on the call now. Um, 
I want. I I think Gus probably knows. I, I I'm in Illinois, and I want to be part of trying to help get this problem of hers uh, settled in more ways than one. Um, real quick, I, and I, and I hope I, Gus is pretty familiar with it. I think he he heard what she had to say. But basically, what happened was is her son has some um, um, some illnesses that he had to be taken care of. Um, they're residents of Missouri. Uh, I guess it was recommended that he come to Illinois, or she wanted to come to Illinois to get um, some some medical um, attention done. Uh, when she got to Illinois, uh, there were some differences of opinions um, between doctors, and the Children's Hospital here in Chicago decided to um, involve uh, Illinois Child Protection Services. Um, that being said, they ended up uh, taking custody away from her. Uh, initially, they they violated their own processes of, of a 48-hour um, court order. Um, since then, um, they've had another um, hearing in which now they have awarded custody of her son to themselves, the state of Illinois, uh, and I'm I'm pretty sure it's until he's 21 years old. Uh, this kid has been put through all kinds of hell. He has been sexually molested. Um, he has um, his medical condition isn't getting any better. Uh, it's it's similar to the Justine Pelletier case that happened in Boston, um, except this far this time the state of Illinois went and 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 uh, granted themselves uh him be awarded their custody until he's twenty one um, i i I'm lax on on being up on all of Carl's videos that had to do with with the, with the child custody part of it and, and everything like that. That's my fault, but I was then concentrating on on the other issues that Carl's had uh on on that pertain to me um I know I'm trying to work with my legislators here, which is going basically so far no place. Um, what suggestions can can I get from from everybody or anybody on uh, being part of this deal, um, uh, trying to help? Being as I'm in Illinois, and they are for uh, also they are not. Um, residents of Illinois, they're residents of, of Missouri, but Illinois still came in and interfered with her business. So, um, what are what are some suggestions I can get that I can be of a help here in Illinois? Well, uh, first of all, yeah, I, I spoke with Michelle on Wednesday night and told her to listen to Carl's uh, videos, audios. I sent her links. We're we're hooked up on Facebook. And uh, let her know that as soon as she talks with, as soon as she watches the videos and decides that this is something she wants to pursue, that uh, you know, I, you know, I, I will help her move forward in her education and, and okay. know what to do next. And uh, and we'll talk to Carl about her, but I'm not going to talk to Carl about her until I know that she wants to pursue this further. And so she told me Thursday night she was going to listen to the uh, video, the audios, the different things that I had posted. You know, uh, either, either the video where uh, Carl's in uh, 
you know, on UK column explaining his story, or right. Angela's 187, 188 audios where he's doing the same thing, and she never got back to me. So okay, she's fine. on the call now. I, I just got a message okay. from her. She is on the call. So well, as far as what you can do to help her out in Illinois, because you're there, uh, absolutely nothing. There's nothing you can do. It's her property. So if she continues to go to court as a mother seeking uh, custody of her child, uh, she's you know she's up Shins Creek because you know she's in their jurisdiction using their words. She has to enter the court as a woman seeking uh, restoration of her property and not be not get sucked into their game where they control everything. You know she needs to remain in her court and and. There's not a thing you can do. You've got no standing to be making any kind of demands from anybody to do anything. Okay. So it, it, it's really all on her. Okay. All right. Well, she is on the call, so I don't know if if she hey, knows Michelle, about how, how you raise yeah. your hand and stuff. So. Yeah, Michelle, uh, press star eight if you're uh, if you want to raise your hand. Star eight. You can also press star six to unmute yourself. If uh, it depends on how the board's been run, but star eight will definitely cause your hand to go up, and uh, Larry will unmute you. I see a Michelle on here, but I oh no, that's not a Michelle. It's Michael. Uh, oh, I'm she sorry. Was on, she was on as Michelle before. I thought. I don't see her on here, Steve. Okay, I don't. She she just messaged me and says she is on the call. So. Okay. Well, you know, the other thing is. Uh, Unmuted, Michelle. You unmuted. Is that Michelle or Michael? That's Michael. Michelle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, the website. Go to redressfordummies.org and start reading. There's a lot of really, really basic stuff there to get your, you know, to give you an idea of what you can, uh, you know, what the difference is between common law courts and administrative courts. You know, right now she's in an administrative court. You know, and when you're in that court, they will do to you what they what they do. They're, that's what they're designed for. They're designed to administrate the property that's in the custody of the state, all right, uh, to to make sure that everybody benefits properly. And if that means you know receiving more title for money, then that's what they do. You know, they administrate the property for the you know to the best uh, of their ability to do so. So you know you got to remove yourself from that administrative process and, and claim you know your rights as a as a woman. So a lot of that uh, basic information is on redress for dummies, and, and then the shows, the talk shows, contact information for certain people's on there. So you know, but you got to start like everybody else. You know, just pounding down the audios, pounding down the videos. But uh, in a situation where somebody's life is on the line, and uh, and everybody's is, you know, whenever you're dealing with parents and, and their kids, you, you're dealing with somebody who's in a situation they don't want to be in more than, you know, another another minute. They want out. And, right. you know, so, it's, you know, they always feel that they're in an emergency situation. But there's only so many people with that kind of knowledge, and Carl's one of them, to uh, help you move through that quickly without screwing it up. You know, for the rest of us, we can help you move through it, but uh, you better know how to handle it because you know we're 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 all still learning. Right, I agree. I agree. Okay. Um, I don't know if she she hasn't messaged me back yet. I mean, uh, 
Well, we're going to be on for a couple more hours anyway. Uh, okay. I so, okay, I'm, I'm I'm listening to it too, not by you know. Oh, there call. she is. All right, hey, hey uh, Larry, it's Kansas. That's right. She's got a Kansas phone number. Kansas got her hand up. Hey, Michelle. Hi, I'm here. I can hear you guys. So, can you hear have, me? have you had? Yeah, we can hear you. Have you had a chance to uh, go through the audio, the videos? Yeah, I'm. I've started. I haven't gotten through all of them, but I started listening to some of them and are watching and listening and um I'm kind of understanding it um a little bit better but I think I still need to probably do some more um Well we all work. need to do some more something you know, I've been at this for a year and I've got a lot more to do. Um the the question is is do you can you tell the difference between the administrative courts where they're dealing with persons such as mothers and children, and mm-hmm. holding your own court where you're going in as a woman seeking the restoration of property. Did you understand the difference between the two? Yes, I I am kind of, um, I mean, not fully, but I, I do understand more of the concept of what you're speaking about. Okay. Um, but as far as um, doing that myself, I, I guess I, you know, I don't really quite fully understand that. And plus, I'm up against a large, huge um, mafia, if you will. And, um, I mean, they've got double of everything in the courtroom. I mean, this is major fraudulent use of tax dollars going on here. I mean, they have three state's attorneys and two guardian ad litems. And, I mean, it's just... um, But the the bottom line... The bottom line, you're looking at this as fraud, as mafia, and the state of Illinois looks at this as they're administering the property of the state in the best way possible to maximize funding from the federal government, to maximize you know certain things. I mean, they're doing, and believe it or not, they actually believe they're doing the right thing. And when you sign documents, you enter contracts, and based on those contracts, they do what you know what that system was designed to do, or what they believe the system was designed to do. And until that paperwork is corrected, where you let them know, hey, I thought this was going to be a benefit. I realize now this is not what I thought it was. I rescind. I revoke. I you know, and that's the kind of stuff that you're going to uh, be involved with. And you're going to need somebody like Carl, who's got that kind of expertise, to really get you through it. Because your, you know, your son does have a lot of medical issues, and you do have a lot going on. So, yeah, it's definitely understandable that you're not going to get through this by yourself. Yeah, I first thought that perhaps maybe they thought they were doing the right thing, but after, you know, all. Um, uh, after this time has passed and more things have happened, I realize that they they know they're not doing the right. I mean, when my son was raped and sodomized with a gun to his head and... Okay, you know, well, was, the, the, job, the, the job description of the people that are watching your son does, mm-hmm. not, include, it does not include sodomizing, okay? So right. these people right. are not acting in honor. They're not acting... 
uh, they know they've done something wrong. It's on their conscience. Well, even you know, the judge, even the judge, I mean, my son tried to, so it was disclosed early in December, and we had five court dates, and the court did not bring it up. And then when my son tried to, he was objected by his own court-appointed guardian. And um, I hold all of these people responsible. And, and I know I, there is so many issues, but, you know, we have six different attorneys who have been working on this. And most recently, the judge has been described as hostile, a, a bad judge, and apparently this one attorney said if it was if she was representing me, she would have demanded that I do a change of um, venue, which I didn't know that. I'm not even from Illinois. I know nothing. Uh, I mean, we don't have any ties to Illinois. You know, we just simply went there so my son could have a surgery. And all of this has happened. Yeah. My son has started, you know, doing videos, and he, in fact, made two videos last night, you know, and he's doing them on his own. He wants people to hear his voice, but I I, I know that I need to understand this better because, I mean, and one of the attorneys has said, you know, the judge has, is making very um, clear signals that it's either his way or the highway, and everything that we're doing, he's He's knocking down. He's talking with other judges. In I mean, he talked with the other judge in Missouri and somehow convinced him whether it was he paid him off or threatened him. I have no idea. He has ties to other political parties who have spent time in prison. I mean, this is, you know, nothing new to anyone. There's a lot of corruption in especially the city of Chicago. <laughs> You don't need to you don't need to address all the corruption throughout Illinois. Yeah. What what uh yeah. the only thing you need to focus on is getting the restoration of your property and, and getting out right. of the system, moving on with your life. What you choose to do afterwards to address that yeah. stuff, if you've got time, that's great. But yeah. uh, you know, step one is is getting out of their grasp, getting out of their, uh, you know, their ability to control you. And right. Mm -hmm. right. You know, you're, you're you're bound by a lot of different contracts right now, and it's gonna it's gonna take a lot. Now, it, it, well, okay, it may and it may not. Here's here's what typically happens: somebody will get a hold of you. Yeah, so somebody will get a hold of me or Larry or Mark or or somebody, Mike, and. Uh, they describe this phenomenally deep situation, you know, massive amounts of details. And, and uh, well, a good example was this guy who came on earlier tonight, and I don't think you were on yet. He was talking about a foreclosure issue and, and paperwork. And what it comes down to is nobody verified the debt or that the debt was due to that particular bank, and therefore all of the paperwork is is useless. It doesn't matter. You go back to the beginning, start over. And so there was a really simple solution to that man's problem. Although for him, it sounded extremely complex. And yeah, tell him to get the statement of fact. What's that? Tell him to draw up the statement of fact that the bank actually owes to tell the bank they have to submit a statement of fact to the court. Yeah, and and it's those kinds of things where you have a quick solution <laughs> did, to a complex you, issue. Did, did that and, make sense to you? Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, this is, you know, well, hold on a second. Uh, so in Michelle's case, she, she, you know, there is no quick, simple solution that I know of. I don't know if Larry does or Mike. Uh, they're all on the call, and, and I'm going to, you know, step out and just let these guys talk. But uh, chances are there is a lot of complex issues that need to be dealt with because you've been involved with the medical society, signing contracts. You've been in and out of Children's Hospital in Boston. Now uh, Isaiah's in, uh, in Illinois, and uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I'm going to post another link again to the uh, audio, I mean to Isaiah's video, uh, but Michelle is on Facebook, you can't get a hold of her, do a search for Team Isaiah, and uh, Isaiah Ryder, R-I-D-E-R, is on YouTube telling his own uh, you know, story, he's very well spoken for somebody who's his age and uh, he's 17 and a half. So I, I'm going to step aside and let Larry uh, you know, talk with you. Well, hey, another thing uh, I did want to mention. Uh, Michelle, Michelle yes. uh, uh, yes. hold on for a minute. Uh, Carl was just uh, giving you some info too. Gus, you probably didn't catch Carl's voice because he was talking real low. But go ahead, Carl, tell him what you were saying, what you was telling him. No, I, I just heard a little bit about the foreclosure thing that you just mentioned and just ask to have the court require the court to require the bank to put a statement of fact that they actually own the property. That's how you deal with that one. Whatever this Isaiah thing is, I, I just I just called up. Yeah, I don't know. Didn't my sister call up earlier? Yeah, I, I didn't uh, get a chance to talk to her. She left me a message. I was taking a nap, and, and when I got oh, up, I saw her, her message. I was message. just wondering if she called up the show or not. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just wanted um, some lady in um, St. Joseph's, Missouri, that I'm helping with a tax thing. She wants me out there for a couple of days on April I think it's 17 and 18. And um, she wants me to um, do like some a seminar kind of show. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure she wants me to um, um, put it on out there. Yeah, she's been uh, on the call. She, Wednesday night, she was advertising. I, I gave her like a, a three-minute spot, with, you know, to tell us all the details. So it, it's on the recordings. Hey, Carl. With respect to your sickness, be very careful. It doesn't turn to pneumonia. Four people got it here in my family, and three of them ended up in pneumonia in a hospital. Yeah, I um. It was it was it was weird. Um, Thursday it was the worst, and uh, so Friday and Saturday it's been getting better. But Thursday was really weird because I never had I guess temperature that high. Cause, the, um, the hospitals here are filled up with patients. Yeah, every, it's just funny. On Thursday, I, I had a really high temperature. And every single uh, question I was coming up with in law or legal, uh, I was answering it as fast as my uh, I could think of the question. It was funny. It was like a 
like a computer on overdrive. It was it was it was annoying how fast I was thinking. It was like something was so yeah, brain was just red hot. I said, "Well, I hope I stop thinking because this is crazy." I was just delirious. But uh, today I feel a lot better than I did on Thursday. Thursday, I I never felt like that. It was funny. You'd think you'd be uh, happy to get all the answers you ever wanted a question to, but uh, when it actually hits you like a flood, it's it's weird. You're grateful when you can stop thinking for a while. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to... Um, I just remembered that for sure, that lady. Rhonda wanted me to um, let everybody know. And I'll get back uh, as soon as I can. Thanks, Carl. All right, good luck, everybody. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Chris. All right. Take okay, so if she was taking notes, uh, I'm quite sure she hear what he said to ask the bank. So, uh so Florida, uh, Kansas, did you get that? Kansas? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. Okay, yes, so, yeah, so uh, that was Carl giving you uh, what he felt that you should do. So uh, do that. Uh, get with Mike Nim in the chat room uh, uh, on the call, on his call Mondays, Gus call Wednesdays. And uh, let me say this right now for those uh, – Mike, you want to go ahead and give a, a commercial on your on your call for Monday? Yeah, my call is um, Monday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern, and the call ID number is 133802. Uh, one suggestion for the lady in Kansas, uh, Michelle, is uh you know you, you don't have a lot of time so you want to concentrate on uh child stuff so uh you could go to youtube and then to carl lance and then after that uh getting your child back or some type of thing like that uh that will pinpoint to what you should be listening to okay thank you yeah well, try stuff like carl lance return of property carl lance property Maybe try Carl Lentz Children. Okay. I think there's one called Children Are Property or something, too. So let's try a few different keywords. Okay. Thank you. They'll save you a lot of time because uh, if you're listening to uh, regular talk show calls, you know, like this call, we talk about all all different things. But uh, that mm -hmm. will pinpoint it and uh, will give you a better idea and save you time. Okay. Appreciate that. All righty, all right. I guess we, we're we moving along. We didn't answer quite a few calls. Let me see. Who's next? Florida. What's up, Florida? Is that me? Yes, that's you. Oh, cool. Yeah, I had talked to Carl, I think it was like Wednesday or Tuesday, um, and um, I told him about an idea that I think we all should try to take and do, and as far as promoting Carl goes, and uh, with him being from the United States, we want him to be the king of common law. And 
once we start taking and getting enough people who are brave enough like Gus and, and Mike and and yourself and, and all these people that are coming out sharing what they're doing, I think I think it will really take a hold because I think the spirit within men right now they're they're starting to wake up. They're starting to realize that there's more to this internet than Facebook. Right, right, right. And uh so what I thought I'd do is I'd I'd like to try to take and start my own talk show, of course, time permitting if I'm able to do it, but um I would like to start a talk show and I own the rights to the to the uh title of Consumer Protection Agency. And it's not a, a state corporation, it's my hobby. And that's what I call it, Consumer Protection Agency. But at one time it used to be a corporation that I owned that was a paralegal business. And um, long story short, I, I think it's a catchy enough phrase to where we can draw an audience to us, and I would like to take and go act as a host and maybe have another person come on and then start taking and, and having all these people come on and give their ideas and, and see if we can't and, and also create a web page where we have links going to each and everybody's talk show, whatever they're doing, their paperwork, their, their Skype, whatever. And and can't and see if we can't take a thing. That's really all I got to say because I'm I'm going through a couple legal issues right now and and I realized how simple it was. And if, I don't. What was Carl's response to the to the uh, foreclosure? What did he say? Hello. Uh, what was your question? The question was, what did what was Carl's advice to the man that was going through the foreclosure to tell the bank? Require require the bank to enter a statement of fact that they own the property. That's exactly correct. That's exactly correct. And it doesn't get any simpler than that. It really doesn't get any simpler than that. If you know you're going through a foreclosure, you have to challenge them. Who are you? to say you have rights to my property. And that's the same with the gal with her son. She's got to go in there with that mentality, and now you know that, that you're a man of God, and that society just doesn't it doesn't play on your side. Uh, good. Well, I'll tell you what I'm, I'm going to suggest that you do is get on Mike call on Mondays and Gus call on Wednesdays. And uh, that way, Gus Nip can get with you and, and, and go over some things with you uh, to, uh, you, you know, help you get started with uh, what you're trying to do and see if, you know, you know you're all on the same page and everything. And uh, then, you know, we'll be able to take it from now. Well, you know, the thing, the cheapest thing anybody could ever do is to take and make up a flyer and hand it to somebody. Flyers work well, and they're so antiquated as far as people just don't do that anymore. You know what I'm saying? And and if we can get the public out there just spreading the word that Carl's the king of common law and you got to listen to him, it's just so simple. Yeah, it, it is simple and everything else. I definitely agree with you. It's definitely a simple process. But, uh, you, you know, uh, like I said, 
get with Gus and Mike and them, and, and we'll put it put all the pieces together because I think your idea, you know, uh, does just merit, you know, because you can definitely help a lot of people down there in Florida. It's just a matter of orchestrating how uh, – you know how to put it together and everything else, and and then getting cars blessing to make sure that it's okay to uh you know uh do what you need to do out that way, and uh, that is the same thing that he's teaching. You know, so uh, that's why I said get on the calls with uh, Mike and Gus, and I think Sandra have her calls also. So uh, and that way uh, everybody be on the same page, and we be sharing that type of information from uh, one side of the uh, globe to the other side. So uh, uh, that's a good, that's definitely a good thought, uh, my man, and uh, keep that in mind. But get on the call with Gus and him on uh, Wednesdays and Mondays, and they can help you iron that out. Yeah. What's the, and and what's I think the, the most important thing that, that um, has to do with Carl in this situation is I think we need to be able to let him choose what he wants to get involved in as far as exposing his cases. He can do it as fast as he wants or as slow as he wants, but if by doing this it will take the pressure off from him to now having a, a, a unit of people working together helping everybody. Hey, what is your name, the guy in Florida? T.I.P., Tippy. T.I.P.? Yep, Tippy. Uh, are, you on, are you on Skype? I am on Skype. I've been following you guys for probably about um, maybe a month, two months. Uh, what's I'm, your Skype name? What's my Skype name? Tippy Peak. Yep. Tippy Peak? Yep, pe- like Peekaboo. But I'm I'm kind of calling in tonight, and I, I just want people to think about that and see if that's not something that could be done. I mean, there's a there's a strip joint down in Florida named Peekaboo. Yeah, is that how you got it? <laughs> My kiss and tell. How do you like that? <laughs> the Peekaboo Lounge. I don't even know if it's there anymore. Yeah, I'm not understanding where it is either, so I guess we can do it's that. But that's on, was on Route 41 in Bradenton. I'm excited about things that are going, going on here in Florida. I believe in the National Liberty Alliance. I, be, I believe that we need a common law jury. I believe once I get this thing going, I want to take and market video cameras in every shape and form from an ink pen to a penny to whatever you want to do. But I think that's a way of us taking our rights back because you can't lie to a videotape. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of that stuff going on. And, you know, I don't understand what you're talking about, common law jur- grand juries. With, well, uh, right now the jury system is, is all statutory, and it's controlled by the prosecutor and it's controlled by the judge. It's very un- unfair. So um, what, uh, the, the, the only way that's going to change is for people to become aware that as a man sitting on a jury, that you have a, you have a, a responsibility and a duty to to your uh, community to act in a particular way. Uh, if you're talking about taking over the grand jury system, uh, you know I've got friends that are involved in that stuff, and that's not the way to go. Oh, no, what I'm saying is that's 
that's a system that somebody's already working on that that I follow and I agree about a lot of their concepts. I don't I'm you know what I'm saying? Which I, is what? Uh, well, well, actually, you know what? We probably shouldn't get into this uh, on this call, but you know the, the grand jury stuff that the, you know some of the people are involved with. Uh, that's not, you know, that, that's not the uh, the design of the grand jury. The grand jury is supposed to be uh, uh, a group of man, woman sitting down, analyzing things and giving opportunity for whoever the accused is to come in and face the aggrieved and and have a, a discussion before them and uh, and move on with a felony charge. It's, it's not about the state and it's not about uh, you know, the, the stuff that they're doing with it. Yeah, it's controlled by the state, but the grand jury is there uh, to do a whole lot more than that. And if the grand if the grand jury knew what their responsibilities were, they would... Uh, they would do a lot more with it, but educating those people is is what uh, is important. It's not about taking over the jury. Well, well and and, and, uh, and that's what that's what they're doing. I was involved with a grand jury a long time ago, and that's basically what they're doing. They probably need a little bit of guidance. Uh, and and, uh, and and that's where I was that's where I was uh, suggesting that he get on y'all calls Monday or Wednesday because this, this is wasn't a call for that because I'm thinking that was that National Alliance stuff with the uh, with the with, with the way they setting up grand juries. I think I, that that's the one that's out of Florida. So uh, that's why I was well, saying out they're out of New York. New York, okay, yeah, New York, then he, yeah. But I, I, I had a feeling that's the one that you know that you was talking about, and so that's why I said get with you guys and and where y'all can weed out the differences between you know if your stuff that y'all doing is what Carl is teaching, you know. So, because uh, uh, I knew it wasn't, you know, it was, was going to be hard to fit that in on this particular call. I'm uh, I'm going to be having a call on that pretty soon, actually. Okay. Well, anyway, I'll give you my two cents as well. Go ahead. So yeah, yeah right. I'd like you to come on. I'd like you to come on the call and uh, probably talk to you beforehand, because I just met with the FBI for three hours, and one of their big concerns was uh, the National Liberty Alliance. And for all right, I'm going to take a nod out here and just listen and uh, have at it. All right, then. Appreciate it, Florida. Oh, before I go, can I say one last thing? Go ahead. Carl, I hope you feel better, man, and I hope uh, that whatever you have, you knock the shit out of it. So hurry up and get better, dude. Everybody's counting on you. All right, all right. I'm quite sure he'll love to hear that. Okie doke. Let me see who's next on. Anybody get your hands up? Anyone else has their hands up? Sonia, where are you, Sonia? Hi there, Mary. I'm I'm here, but I was muted. How you doing, Sonia? I'm I'm good. Good, thank you. Is there something? Yes, uh, yes. Tell us what's been going on your way. Oh, um, well, kind of disappointing, actually. I haven't heard from the mother in a couple of days. So I, I really don't know whether they've, um, you know, be, whether they've went to get lawyers or what's happening. I really can't speculate or presume. I have heard nothing. I have uh, sent a detailed, um, 
through Facebook again to the grandmother, and um, you know, I sent some uh, some of Carl's talk shows to her, and uh, did the best that I could the last couple of days. So actually, today I've just kind of pulled back and done nothing. I've done everything that I that I can. So I'm just waiting to see. Disappointing to say, isn't it? You know that. Uh, I mean, you know they 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 may come back. They may you know they're probably tossing around ideas of what to do. You know maybe they're searching for lawyers. And uh, I know in the the area that I live in, it's very difficult to get you know what a man you know what a what a citizen would consider a decent lawyer. So I I know that for a fact. So I'm I'm just giving them the, their breathing room and. I might uh, drop in once in a while on Facebook and, and wish them the best, hope everything's going well, and, you know, just be a, a kind person. But uh, other than that, uh, it's, I'm, I'm kind of sad, you know, that, that you know, I haven't heard from them. But um, that's a part of part of, part the way it goes, eh? Right. Uh, uh, let the callers know when you have your, sh- when you have your show. Yeah, well, my, my show... Uh, Friday, Friday evening is uh, the number is one three one one six four. That's at seven o'clock Friday evening, and that's a common law show. And um, I also have one on Sunday evening at seven o'clock, and that one's called God's Law or Man's. And the number to that one is one three five three seven eight. And like I said, that's Sunday at seven also. So we, uh, I get into the Bible, and uh, really enjoy sharing what I've learned, and uh, what I believe, and uh, I just share what I learn, and um, friends can take it and uh, apply it in their lives wherever it may fit. If not, it gets them on the road to researching. I'll tell you what, Sonia, I, I sure appreciate you. Uh, you are mainstay. Uh, Make sure all the callers know that you've been around for a while also, just like Mike and and uh, Gus and uh, the rest of the guys that's on the show. And you've been helping uh, since you have learned. And so uh, people can definitely uh, chime in on your show. Uh, so the callers, uh, you have no no reason or lack of, of knowledge to uh, not be able to pick up because you have these all these calls going on with Common Law. You have Gus show going on on Wednesdays. You got Mike show going on uh, Mondays. You got Sonia's going on Fridays and Sunday. And then every now and then, Angela calls. She brings on Carl or Gus. She's probably going to be eventually want to get Mike on there. And Sonia, she might want to get you on there one day. So, uh, uh, so you know, keep up the good work and, and, and everything. And uh, we'll just get ready to go to the next caller. Thank you, Larry. All right then, Sonia. Uh, anyone else that has their hands up? Who got your hands up? Anybody got their hands up? Mike. Mike. Mike Amore, number 11. You got your hand. You've been unmuted. Okay. Know your rights, 247. You've been unmuted. Okay, Sonia. Uh, Angela say yes to that. She might want to have you on a show 
And uh, Mike, uh, I guess Angela say yes to that for you also. She might want to get you on the show. So uh, y'all definitely can probably uh, email uh, Angela or give her a call. And uh, when she definitely uh, has a show on Thursday, that when she needs time filled in, she'll definitely be glad to probably have you uh, run in there and, and, and eat up some of that time for her. So, uh, Iowa, you're on the call. You Unmute yourself, Iowa. Uh, I'm just listening. Okay, you're just listening. All right. Delaware. What's up, Delaware? You unmuted. Unmute yourself, Delaware. New York. New York. Okay, New York. Okay, while they're getting in line, trying to figure out what, if they have anything to say, Aquila, you want to go ahead and give your commercial, Aquila? I'm here. Okay, go ahead and give a commercial right quick, Aquila. Hello, everybody. This is Aquila, of course. Um, just wanted to remind everyone to donate, to call. Um, and some of the others, you know, I didn't say that the last time, like Little Bill, Gus, Mike, whomever is helping you, actually, donate to them because they're using their time, their energy to help you. If you know you got a lawyer, you will pay that lawyer. And they're not really going to help you, but these guys, you know, will help you. Anyway, you can go to broadmind.org to donate to call, you know, in his calls. You know, you heard call tonight. He's very sick, but he still came on the call to help us and you and me. And so that's really dedication, you know, for that one man. So take that in mind and donate. And just because you donate, don't think that, you know, we, you know that that's the money that's going to pay to help you with a certain case. You know, the donation is something from your heart because you wish to do so. Um, and, I, you know, so I donate, you know, as I can. I'm not going to say we all can donate because everybody knows their own pocket, you know, as well as God knows. So do what you can. You know, to help out, and if you did one call or one of the others to help you, keep in mind that they are helping you, and, you know, if you had a lawyer, you know, you would pay them. So try to remember that and, you know, make at least make an offer, you know, to that one that's actually helping you, and just donate. Okay? So that's what I'll say for now, and, you know, that's my commercial skit. All righty. All righty. Thank you, Aquila. Learning Law, what you got? Coming on, Learning Law, you've been unmuted. Haven't heard from you in a while. Learning Law, you've been unmuted. Hey, Larry, how's it going? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, not too much. Just, uh, just being quiet, just listening in. Now, you know, I told you about that, man. You can't come on the show and just be quiet, man. <laughs> what's, yeah. what's going on with you? Say something. Tell us what, uh, what's going on with you. Oh, life's good right now. Oh, yeah. What, what's the latest that you've been uh, in? And, and I, cause I know you're out there helping people, so uh, who's the latest you? Well, what's the latest episode that you've been experiencing? Mm-hmm. Well, I've been kind of sitting on my laurels uh, lately, but uh, yeah, I got a uh, got to deal with the speeding ticket soon. 
Okay. How did how that's going for you? Mm, well, like I said, kind of been sitting on my laurels, but I'll be writing a letter soon to the uh, prosecuting attorney. I've got a. Well, let, let, me, let, me, let me stop you and actually do this. Can you give the callers that's on the line, because there's quite a few of them on the line. Uh, now, you got a speeding ticket, and I'm quite sure quite a few of the callers uh, at some point in time want to know the steps of how you would deal with a speeding ticket. Now, now you're going through it, and then you know the system. I mean, you, you know car stuff. So can you walk? Walk us through, because Angela asked, asked me to do that earlier with the caller. So can you walk the callers through on what you would do on handling and getting a remedy for your ticket and how you how you uh, opt to accomplish that? Well, I can kind of give you an idea about what I've gone through and what what my remedy might be. I can't say it's going to be a full great conclusion, but... Um, <clears throat> back in September, I got a ticket. It was a Whopper. And uh, the guy, the officer that came to the car, he wanted my license. He demanded my license. And I said, uh, or actually, you know, he asked for it. And I said, is that an order? And he says, uh, no, I demand it. And I says, well, I need a demand, or I need an order from you. And he went further and says, no, I demand it. And then he's like, so what's the difference between a demand and an order? And I said, well, an order is more or less, you know, you <clears throat> you perform this function or whatever, you you know, like you run with a canine squad or something like that. You do what your superior tells you, and in the end, uh, you get paid for what you're ordered to do. So I said, that, that to me is an order. So maybe he doesn't see it coming yet, but. Um, when I deal with the prosecuting attorney, I'll bring something up. I, like uh, I'll have a uh, an invoice for the for the man that was acting as an officer on that day. Um, so since then, uh, written uh, the day I was supposed to have a the ticket in and make a decision whether whether you pay for it, you want to speak to a uh, prosecutor or go to court. I checked the box to say that uh, I wanted to speak to a prosecutor. I guess that gave me more time. And then they, um, I also wrote them a letter just stating that uh, I wish to pay for uh, the debt that I owe, but not any demerit points. So it wasn't saying I was guilty. It wasn't saying I wasn't guilty. It wasn't saying anything, really. It was just saying that I'd be willing to pay a debt. And, uh, yeah. So from... From that point now, I am April 22nd, so I don't have a whole lot more time, but I need to contact. Okay, look like we lost him. Uh, one of the things that I got out of what he said is that uh, I think that caught my attention is that they uh, the officer didn't want to give an order. He gave a demand. You know, I thought that was I thought that was kind of uh, so. You, you definitely want to pay attention to, you know, the language that the, that the officer said. He said it was a demand. Are you back on? Yeah, I'm back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I just thought what you said there. Yeah. He. he I. I fought with him about the idea of a demand versus order. 
Um, when we were there, actually, it was my mom that was in the car with me. We just got back from uh, Playland with my kids and stuff, and she was kind of shitting her pants. She'd never seen this kind of thing before. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, you know, I talked to him as a man, and he's like, so what are you doing? And he's like, oh, you're going like whatever speed limit. I said, I don't know what you talk about. Right? Speed limit, I don't, I don't get it. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. And uh, I said, all I'm doing is going from point A to point B. He's like, but in your your vehicle, whatever. I said, I I don't know. I said, just this is my property, and all I'm doing is going from point A to point B. So I think I mentioned enough. Hopefully, he's put it in his own notes and stuff like that. So if there's anything about full disclosure, he'll also have this. I mean, I'm not relying on that by any means. I don't care about that. But uh, I guess the, the next will be to talk to the prosecuting attorney and just say if I done anything wrong. Um, I think I heard something else, which would be pretty interesting too, is to uh, write a letter to the uh, police department, the, to the police officer, and say, is there any debt that I owe to you? Not the man, just to the officer. Right, right. I so, see where you're going with that, right. So if the officer says, or, you know, they take it to the legal department and everything else, and they just write back and say, yeah, there's no debt that's owed to you. It was a call that Carl did. Uh, you know, look at his, um, he's got a nine-minute call or something else like that. And uh, I think it's the last one. And it uh, looked, looked pretty good, sounded pretty good, you know. Right to, right to the officer and say, is there a debt that I owe? So then you take that into court and say, well, no, there's no debt. So you would have settled on the private side. They say there's no debt. So where's this debt going to? Who Who's going to keep pushing this debt? Right, right. Even You can even write to the man. You can say, oh, I'm writing to the man, and I'm writing, you know, write a letter to the man, write a letter to the, the officer. Is there a debt that I owe to you? Both of them are going to write back and say no. They pushed it on to somebody else. Yep. Or, you got or a to point. another to the other end. Yep. So now it's the prosecuting attorney that's going to be trying to push this. Uh, he has no first hand personal knowledge about anything that happened. He doesn't know whether I harmed harmed or gave loss or had injury to any other man or one. The only thing I have is a a, a witness, which would be the police officer saying that I did something, but what I did was an infraction to their code. Right, mm-hmm. right. That means nothing to me. Right. Well, sound like you sound like you're on top of it. So, uh, definitely keep us posted. Uh, you know, with the outcome of that. Yeah. Sure. All right, then. Well, hey, man, I sure appreciate that, man, that, that info. Uh, we're going to try to go to Billy the Kid. Now, Billy the Kid, you back in now? You been unmuted, Billy? What's going on, Larry? What's going on, man? Oh, you know, doing the do. Oh, yeah. How things been working on, on the, since the last time you was on the call? It's better. I got to speak with Carl again about the... Uh, the actions I should take, and uh, it's a lot more clear now. So at least I have some 
clear direction, and that's the way we're moving. And uh, one of the <clears throat> one of the guys that came and did the eviction threatened me when he was here, not to punch me in the face, but he said he was going to evict us out of the next home. And when I told Carl that, he said, oh, good, take him to court. He just conveyed a threat to you. And so I filed a claim, a small claim against this, this guy who came and did that. And then I also got another uh, unlawful detainer on the next house. Uh, for those that don't know, we have two homes right next to each other. They evicted us out of one, and then they gave us an unlawful detainer for the next one. So they're trying to get us out of both homes so they can sell them. So basically, we're just uh, we're removing that trustee and replacing it with a successor trustee. And that was the direction that Carl gave me. And uh, I've done the research. I've done the paperwork now, and I just need to submit it into court. So it's <clears throat> even though things are a little tough because we lost one of the homes and the family's a little unsituated right now, we still have some direction. I have a meeting tomorrow with the new CPA, the successor trustee who's named in the trust, and a property management company to go over, you know, how we're going to get into court and show them that there's plenty of people to take care of this trust. So it was pretty good. I'm excited. I got to file my first claim. That was cool. Let me ask you this. When you filed your first claim, how did that go? It was good. They didn't give me no hassle. You know, it's a small claim. Okay, let me ask you this. Can you tell the callers on the call uh, when you file your claim, how did you go about filing your claim and the process that you used to file your claim, and what did the clerks, you know, how they reacted to your claim when you put it in? All right, so I, I in the small claims, you're already in a court of record, so if I'm not uh, filing any uh, paperwork with the paperwork. So I just use the court forms file the simple small claims that, uh, you know, somebody's conveying threats, they're stalking, harassing. And uh, it was it was that simple to just, uh, you know, fill out the court form. You can get them online, at least in California you can. They have court forms, and you just find whichever document you want. You fill it out, print it out, sign it, and then you make yourself a copy you know, sign it and then make a copy of the signature and then that's what you get to the clerk. And so uh, she stamps them and she keeps a copy and gives you a copy and that's what you're supposed to serve on the other side with your proof of service. So it went pretty easy and it was nice to actually get in there and, and do it because I had been shot down a few times. <laughs> I didn't quite understand venue and now I understand it a lot better. And I just, I didn't understand that some courts were allowed to hear certain things and some courts weren't. So now I have a much better understanding of <clears throat> when you're filing a certain claim, uh, it has to be in a certain courthouse. I literally have three different, uh, hang on one second here, three different claims in three different courthouses because that's how they have to file. One's going to be in Santa Monica, one will be in downtown, and one will be in Eaglewood. So it wasn't my choice. It was just pertaining to what was happening and how I had to react. That's the courthouse I had to go to. And that is venue. So, you know, it's a process, Larry. I know there's a lot of people on here that have been through the process. I, myself, I, I've been into court two or three times with my mother, my grandfather, you know, 
trying to get this back, but I never did the paperwork and went in there and, you know, raised these issues. Right, So right. it's fun to learn, you know. Right. And in the process of your learning, you're getting a better understanding how to walk in the court feeling like a man not intimidated by the courts and everything else because now you know your staff, you know your your lifestyle and what it means to you, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, learning this process and under, having an understanding that the, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, they apply to them. Okay, this does not give us our rights. It protects our God-given rights. And our forefathers knew this and they put it down and I feel like they did a pretty good job. But we didn't understand, at least I didn't understand it. And now that you learn this, that uh, these people are upholding the oath of the Constitution, they're upheld to protect man and property. It kind of gives you a, a better sense of holding them liable to what the hell comes out of their mouth. So, you know, a lot of, you hear it all the time. All this shit is just fraud. You know, it's the purple pony up there. The tree fell in the woods. It's just, it's all fraud, you know. So it's just the process of kind of learning to maneuver, getting in there and saying what you, you know, what you what you have to say. It's funny because Carl seen some of my documents. He started calling me free man on the land. But really, I, I was just going a little too crazy with the, you know. Right, I just right. And he's like, dude, just put in one document. Just one. Just fuck all that right. other stuff. One document. Right, right. So, yep. It's a process, but I'm going to keep you all informed on how it goes. It's going to be, these next few months are going to be quite a bit going on. I have an unlawful detainer I have to answer, and then I filed a counterclaim, or a cross-complaint is what they called it. But in that one, I will slip in my my documents that state I'm a man coming into court, blah, 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 blah. Right, right, gotcha, gotcha. Well, all right then, Billy, hey, man, you know, you got to, you got to keep both – both hands on the trigger, man, because Billy the Kid, that wouldn't be like you if you didn't do that, man. So keep us posting, man, and, uh, you know, we appreciate appreciate the, the feedback. I appreciate it, Larry. I'll keep you guys posted for sure. All right, then. Appreciate it, Billy. Uh-huh. William, Williams, you're unmuted, Williams, 101. What's going yeah. on? I, I, just, I wanted to ask about, um, they were talking about uh, command and demand I noticed in one of my hearings, uh, the judge says, uh, uh, when I said, is that your wish, is that your order? He said, no, that's my command, uh, as opposed to demand. I was wondering if any guys, anybody had any input as to what that might mean. Okay, uh, I'm going to get Gus and Mike and uh, Mark and all of them to tune in on, on that particular question because uh, as you can see and as everybody can see is that they are listening. They've been, they, they've been picking up on this. And uh, so you see they're trying to change the language. Well, uh, William and I already had a chat about this, so I'm going to let somebody else step in. Okay, uh, Mike, you want to step in on that? I would uh, I would tell him I don't understand what a command is. Make it an order and put it in writing. As far as I know, a command comes from there's some kind of title and hierarchy involved. Sounds to me like a commander would be in an army or something of the like. 
just Are we in the you. army now? Up and at them. To me, it sounds like what didn't uh, make the commandments. God made it, you know, commanded people to do something. Well, there's, there's a difference between commandment. There's a difference between commandment and the word command. And the word command can be used as a verb, which means to order, or it can be used as a noun, which is a little bit different. So you got to study the etymology of the word. I think I would just yeah, I'm, say I'm looking at the uh, Adam online right now on command, and it's exactly what you just said. Just the uh, noun is in, the noun is an order, and uh, it's an order command, and then the verb is to command military service. So, uh, how would you uh, find out from the judge if it's a verb or a noun, depending on what word came before it? Well, I would just you make it in order and put it in writing. I have no clue yeah, what a command is. Yeah, and that's the simple way out. It's just, uh, sorry, I just don't understand what a command is. Do you mean in order? Is that your wish? Uh, you know, and, and if he says, no, I command you. So, okay, can you command me on paper so I can execute your uh, your <laughs> command properly? But it does command in order. Yeah, command me in writing, and I'll carry out your order. <laughs> I think that was one one thing that you mentioned there, Gus, is you're saying, well, I, I recognize a command you to command me as being an order, so put that order in writing. There you go. There's all sorts of ways of handling that. Mr. Woods, back on the phone. I command you to write that command in writing. A uh, man requires by authority and as, as of right. Okay, I have a right to have whatever you wish of me clearly written in language that I understand. Don't order me in Cantonese or in Japanese or some other language. You, If you wish something of me, put it in writing, in English, in a form that I can understand. If I don't understand it, I'm going to let you know I don't understand it. I'm going to give you notice that I have no idea what this really means. Could you please put it in common English? So, you know, you gotta, but you got to start by getting it in writing. Whatever it is, whatever they give you, you got to get it in writing before, uh, before you can ask for clarification or require clarification. You know, before you move forward in any way, you, you got to have it in writing. You know, if if you uh, if you go to the clerk and say, I'm not sure, you know, what this means. You know, the judge gave me an order in the court. Uh, you know, the clerk's going to say, Well, you know what the judge meant by that? He says, No, I don't understand. I'm serious. I I, I require this in writing. You know, because sometimes they'll give you an order in court and it escapes you because you get caught up in other things. Well, you just go to the clerk and say, Look, the judge ordered something. Uh, in, you know, in the hearing, and I, I require the order in writing so I can understand it fully. For instance, I was in a hearing where the judge ordered that uh, somebody do a financial affidavit before they left the building. And uh, this woman was, you know, was questioning, you know, do I have to do this? I said, not until you get it in writing. I said, go to the clerk's window and tell them you need it in writing. Because you, you know, you you need to properly understand, you need to fully understand what the order is. You know, when is it due? Is it due today? 
before the end of days. You do, you know, can I, you know, how are you supposed to do a financial affidavit before you leave the building when you don't have any of your information with you? I didn't bring my financial reports. I don't know what my checking accounts got. Maybe there was another seven or eight cents that was deposited in as interest, you know, overnight. Or since the last time I looked, I, I don't know what's going on with my account. Yeah, well, you I'm know not going to swear anything to the penny. So you know, you, you need it in writing. Hey, uh, guys, guys, while you're on that, what about uh, uh, when Powell says that? Uh, no, you you don't have to get it in writing. You don't have to ask them if it's an order. They know that it's an order. Just bill them. Well, I'm, I'm under the I'm under uh, the the, the notion that a public servant can't give a command. They can only give orders anyway. And well, I'm not, the, and when you get the, so. when you get the command, you can say that you can give notice to the court. Uh, you know, I've looked up your authority, and it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you give them notice afterwards, but you you got to get something in writing before you do anything else. Well, what's he doing jumping to commands already? Shouldn't he worry about getting jurisdiction first? Right, yeah. Who's the public servant? You know, so how you, you know, public servant giving, giving the commands? I mean, you know, so, yeah, that's, that's crazy. But we can almost assume that's what we're going to be hearing since they know when you're asking for orders that they know what that means. So we need, you definitely need to uh, consider the fact that when you hear the word command or demand, you need to be able to let them know, hey, who's the public servant? Uh, hey, you know, uh, put it in writing and then put it in the form of an order, you know. So uh, it's the public servant, you or me. So, hey, just just keep them on their toes. Keep them on their toes. But Billy the Kid uh, brought that out that this is what, you know, that they probably will be doing. So you, you might well prepare yourself. If you're going to intercourse with them, well, that's what you're going to be having to, uh, you know, be concerned with, that uh, they're going to definitely, you know, uh, try that out. Uh, so who's next on the call that has a question? Uh, North Carterot, is that you? You've been unmuted? Okay, now I have unmuted quite a few, so if you want to pop in with with a question or, or uh, remedy, uh, go ahead. You can join in. <clears throat> Porter family, you've been unmuted. Porter family. Delaware, you've been unmuted. Okay. Um, yes, Delaware, is that you? No, I'm from California. Okay, California, what you got? Well, for the past 40-some years, I've been burned off and on with uh, radiation devices. And just the last three years, I started uh, recording, not recording in a sense that I got the exact frequency, but I w I've been getting burned by various people, like medically, and you know, in the dentist chair. And, uh, you know, I recorded one of those attacks but by the neighbors, you know, have radiation devices, you know, and I've monitored them to, and located the weapons, like with the triple-axis tri-field meter. And, and I'm just, I just wondering how good a case, you know, where to start kind of um, bringing them to court. And, 
you know, it's been myself. I have one, you know, two of them on uh, camera and with a meter, but or one with a meter and a camera. But um, you know, it's a little difficult to uh, know where to start. I, I guess I'll start in small claims with some of the military style what's, weapons. What's your what's your loss? Um. Uh, Brain damage from organ damage, skin, um, cramping, um, but it's, you know, just full radiation poisoning, which opens you up to every kind of disease. You know, it opens you up to... You, like, you, this has happened in a few places. How are you going to pinpoint who did what and uh, um, and who owes you what? Yeah, exactly. Because I went, even traveling to the hospital that shot my, you know, to get uh, at Loma Linda University, which is a high quality um, university for a neurologist to, you know, examine how much neurological damage they shot my tires out and then followed me with this radiation van thing and finally burnt me about three days later with it. But, you know, it's kind of ongoing and it, it, it seems to be spreading you know, I think they went after my daughter a few days ago and got her into a situation. And, you know, and also once I started understanding how the ground system worked, you know, I'd wear leather and thick hats and I was catching it in the stores. As soon as I figured out the system, total, almost totally, all their little CIA tricks or whatever it is, um, they uh, did an air assault with like helicopters on three sides of the house, one over the top and and on the sides from El, from 29 Palms going over to uh, Pendleton. And, you know, they swooped down, burnt through the house, and reactivated all my previous damage. You know, it, it just kind of leaves the body weak and destroys the mitochondria. You don't have any energy. It burns the skin where you've been burnt before with the stuff. And... Sounds like sounds like they're they're breaching your enclosure, but uh, the problem is how do you prove your damages and and who's done it? Right, it's impossible because they turn the medical workers. Well, what they do, they switch out the medical workers into these perp, these people that uh, have another weapon there. So, yeah, it, and it's expensive. You have to pay out of the pocket. You know, it's very expensive. It's seven hundred dollars for you know, uh, just a two or three hour exam. So it's pretty outrageous, you know, when you have to live on a small income and, and then the workers, if there's an honest worker in there, they'll switch them out, I guess, into, you know, whatever, you know, this, I don't know. Yeah. I, well, I'll, I just want to kind of give people a heads up what's really going on that they're, that I believe they're stringing them up like Christmas tree lights in the stores. And, uh, you know, they have portables, so they, they trick you in at the parking lot. They'll park in front of your car. They'll, they'll move in a vehicle. And, uh, you know, it's it, – and then they send up construct, – set up little construction sites. If they monitor – anyway, they monitor your phone, and then, uh, you know, they'll set you up. If you have an appointment, they'll – you know, no. aren't you just aren't you just being paranoid? No, 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 no. I for the so last, do, you, do you have any proof? Yeah, 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 yeah. Meters. What's, I've been 
I've been upgrading my meters and uh and you know wherever I go in the public in a public sphere even in the courthouse there were there were weapons and then finally when I uh, you know I was fighting a seatbelt ticket and um the when I was fighting a seatbelt ticket uh they um yeah, I, I, I found that they were in the ceiling of the courthouse, and then I came back again with a hat and covered up and and with my a good meter, and yeah, and it turned it was completely off. You know, you saw the sheriff running back and forth doing a bunch of really crazy stuff. And they well, why, why are doing this to you? What, what's going on? Why do they want you so bad? I I, I think some it has to do with nine eleven possibly. That uh, the the code breakers you, and that you know something you know something about nine eleven. Yeah, I think they moved the nine eleven people nearby. What I think the fact you know the people that took the code. You know the national. Where, where, where are you from? I'm from Southern California. Oh, all right, you're far away enough for me, so I'll be. I, I think I'm safe for now. <laughs> yeah, I know they're bold. Was 9/11 all the way on the other side of the country? Yeah, but it's. I think the 9/11 was based on 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 uh, national security code. In other words, they it's it's uh, you know a, a a it's a drill with two teams doing the drill, and then whoever has the code to the two teams, just like Boston Marathon, is it's their drills. Yeah. I would like to talk to you about this, but I don't think this is the right call to do it on. If you're on Skype, uh, get a hold of me, uh, Vital Rights, and uh, we can talk about it. All right. But if you have, like, a law question, you know, you can ask. But from what what I've heard, you know, you haven't said what what your losses are, and uh, you would have to come up with that first before you could take any action. Oh, well, it's body, you know, it's uh, destruction of the body. Everybody I know that was in the peace movement, was in, um, even my parents, everybody that uh, around me that has died, you know, medical, uh, like alternative medical practitioners that, you know, you know, dealt on a higher level with, you know, high profile people there, they've been tricked and got burned this way. And they pull all their forces against one person it's stopped now because i understood the ground forces except now they're gone air you know with these heavy helicopters with these heli- heavy weapons that just happened once by the way but it seems they're you know they're just it's just non you know i the ground thing stopped about a year ago you know so because i you know i found out what was going on but anyway yeah, I'm I'm just picking it up, and I really appreciate Carl's work, and and it really, you know, I studied it with Bill a little bit, but Bill Thornton, so I think this is the way to go. So I'll get off the phone. I mean, I'll I'll mute now, and uh, just kind of want to give people a heads up of what what I think what's going on that you know with the in the public spaces. I believe they're going through the acoustic ceilings, you know, and stringing stuff up like Christmas tree lights, and and uh, you know, running a grid pattern on people and burning from the top down, you know, through the head and shoulders, you know. So, yeah, I believe it's a lot of that stuff, 
being stumbled right now. You know. You think that's what ha- you think that's what happened to Kyle? That's why Kyle's sick. Oh yeah, yeah, I believe so. Sure, absolutely. Yep, you got. You cannot go into any public space that's been that you know without leather, without a meter, you know, at least a tri-field meter where you can lo- you know, where you can, you know, the, you know, you 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 can't do that anymore. You need gloves. You you can't shop. You can't go anywhere. I think this stuff is being strung like crazy because you got fiber optics, you got these tiny little weapons that are probably the size of a little finger, magnetrons, which run a microwave oven. And I bet they're putting them up like, I don't know for sure if they're one solid weapon, weapon, but the people that moved across the street that have been burning out of there that were burnt, well, all the people in this one house were burning, but but he worked for a quant, you know, a... Uh, uh, hey, Larry, are you still on the call? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well. So I, I think they're just stringing them up through the ceilings because they always have those two-by-four studs that, you know, you put up in the acoustics to do stuff. Yeah, I, I, I think these guys want to move on with this stuff because, uh, right. you know, once you know what your what your losses are and you know who you want to go after, maybe you can do some action, but that's what we talk about. I mean, these things are great to talk about, but that's not what the show is about. Right. Appreciate that. Okay, I just wanted to give a heads up. All right, all right. Thank you very much. Yeah, get, a, get, a, get a hold of me on Skype if you want, but uh, all right. All right, then, Malcolm, 456. You've been unmuted, Malcolm. How you doing, guys? What's going on? Just listening, just wanted to say hi to everybody. This is James. Okay, James. What's been going on with you, James? Oh, everything has been going on good. I got my second uh, <clears throat> child support case coming up next Thursday, so I'm going to see how that's going to go. Okay, well, just keep us tuned. Uh, keep us, uh, keep us, you know, tune in to what's going on, and uh, you know where you where you stand when you when you come out of there. Come back on the show and let us know what what happened. Yeah, I'll let everybody know. I appreciate everything. I'm just listening and uh, just want to say hi to everybody. All right, then. All right. Take care, Jane. All righty. Western Southwest, you've been unmuted. Western Southwest, you've been unmuted. Star 6 or Star 8 yourself. Unmute yourself. That's Western Southwest. Hello, I hear you. Western? Western Southwest, is that you? Okay, Central Minnesota. You've been unmuted. Yeah, this is uh, Jim from Minnesota. What's going on, Jim? Uh, I talked to uh, Gus about a month ago about uh, problems I've got with the IRS, and uh, he suggested that I uh, start uh, writing a letter campaign, which I've done, and I'm down to where I'm supposed to uh, write the supervisor of the 
uh, agent, and I'm having problems getting a hold of that supervisor. I just wonder if it's possible that, uh, for for instance, uh, one of the letters that I write to the supervisor would be something like um, Sally Cupcake's supervisor. Does that uh, make any sense? Do you, do you have a name of the man or woman you're currently writing to? Yes, I do. All right, and uh, at the place where the where where this man or woman works, you know that particular location, there's going to be a uh, a district manager assigned to that location, and that's who you want to you want to talk to. Okay, how do you how do you get a hold of them? I went over to the building, went up on fifth floor. They've got uh, you know they've got about four rooms, and all of them are locked and. Nobody's uh, answering when I knock on the door. Okay, did you uh, write, write to whoever it is you're writing to and uh, inquire as to who the district manager is at that location? Sounds simple. All right, I'll give her a shot. Uh, and, and find out uh, while you're writing, you know, uh, do an inquiry as to who else has authority to deal with the, uh, with the issue. You know, dear Susie, uh, yeah, I've been writing to you for a while. We don't look like we're getting anywhere. Is there a district manager or some man or woman uh, who goes, you know, who has a different title that, uh, or, you know, what are the different uh, titles held by a man or a woman that has authority to deal with this? You know, uh, yeah, I think it's time for me to move on. You know, you, you can ask uh, whoever you're dealing with, and you should be able to go to their website and get some information. I'm not sure what's available. I haven't gone that route yet. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll look that up. Uh, I went on, let's see, irs.gov uh, or something like that, and I, I found the, the name of the agent that I'm dealing with, but I, I, I didn't uh, sort of got stonewalled going any farther. So, but I'll start looking for the district manager or, or somebody uh, up above uh, up above them. So uh, I'm not sure what the exact title is going to be, but there's there's a man or woman with some kind of authority sitting someplace, and uh, if if you've already got a name, you've got a man or woman that you're writing to. Uh, you know, I would start by by asking them. Okay. Do Do you think the idea of putting down Sally Cupcake's supervisor or Sally Cupcakes uh, District. No, manager. no, just just uh, just write to whoever you're dealing with. You know, hey Bob, you know I've written to you a few times. I appreciate your response. Uh, at this time, I'd like to deal with somebody with a little bit more authority. Uh, can you give me the name of the man or woman that I should be speaking with, that I should be writing to, to resolve this matter? Uh, I, I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere here. Okay, great. I thank you very much. You guys have a good night. All right, take care. You betcha. All right, that's great. That's great. Let me see who we got next. Uh, Rhonda, Rhonda Ray. Are you next? Yeah, there you go. Rhonda, you there? You been on yeah. mute? I'm here. What's going on? Oh, not much. I didn't have my hand raised, but uh, I'll talk you, you, it's about time you say something. <laughs> you've, you've got that information on Carl visiting Missouri, don't you? Oh, yeah. I'd love to share that. Yeah. Why don't you give us that? 
Okay, uh, the dates are the 18th and 19th of April. That's a Saturday and Sunday. It's uh, going to be at St. Joseph, Missouri. Uh, Probably going to try to run uh, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. It's $200 for the whole weekend. If you uh, pay in advance, $250 at the door. if you uh, are interested, you can go to klinfo418 at gmail.com. That's KL for Carl Lentz, I-N-F-O, 418 at gmail.com. And I just, I believe you'd be silly if you was close enough in anyway not to take advantage of it. Because we all know how busy Carl's getting nowadays, and bless his heart, I hope he feels better. But uh, we'd love for you to come see to the home of the Pony Express. Hmm. The venue that it's going to be at is uh, pretty close to most of the hotels in St. Joe. So it should be easy access. It's going to be at a sports bar and grill. So you'll be able to, if you don't want to leave during lunch or break or whatever, there's a restaurant right there where the venue is. Got pretty good food, so you can get something to eat, drink, or whatever you want. And uh, KCI Airport's just about 50 miles south of St. Joseph, right on the interstate. You just get right off, if you're coming in by plane, you just get right off the plane. Interstate's right there, just straight 50 miles up to St. Joe. All righty. Well, we sure appreciate that. Well, and I appreciate you. Let me ask you this. Please make sure you come back and let us know how everything went and what and what y'all did and what what was accomplished. Because you know Carl ain't going to be able to tell us everything. <laughs> yep, so, uh, well, I sure will. Can. I sure will. I'm lo- really looking forward to it. Uh, well, I hope to see, a, you know, get some people to show up and, and support him. And, and uh, not only that, but support yourself. And uh, I just think it's a unique opportunity to, to get to see the man and listen to him, you know, maybe we can have some question and answer periods and uh, however he wants to do it, but I'm sure we'll have more information than we can deal with. I'm going to ask him, I'm going to talk to him next time I get a chance to talk with him, and uh, I'd like to be able to videotape it, and uh, and maybe we can just, you know, do some videos, because even sitting there listening, you don't absorb it all at one time. Yes, you're right, and video and probably would be pretty nice. Yeah, with the technology today, it's you know not that difficult to do. So, um. well, I'm quite sure it's something y'all be able to work out. You know, once you talk back with him and everything else, I'm quite sure he'll let you know, you know, about what it, you know which way y'all should go with that. So I'm, so I'm quite sure y'all be able to work that out. 
Yeah. Um, well, that's about it. If you want more info, just go to that uh, email. It's on, I said website. Maybe it's an email address. All and, right. Uh, we'll forward you the information on the hotels and all that type of thing in the area and what you need to do to, to pay. And uh, well, let us- remember, remember also uh, to come on Mike's show uh, Monday, and I'm quite sure he'll let you do it, a commercial there, and also on Gus's show Friday. I mean, Wednesdays and Friday on uh, Sonya. So uh, definitely, you know, come on the talk on the shows and definitely, you know, uh, give your input. And I'm quite sure they'll support you and everything else if Carl is coming into your town, you know, so. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm going to try to hit it, you know, uh, get the word out there as much as I can. And uh, I think, you know, people be, like I say, I think it's a unique opportunity for people. All I right. know it's going to be a unique opportunity for me. Oh, I know that's right. <laughs> okay, then. Well, I sure appreciate you, Rhonda. Thank you, guys. All right, then. Okay, any, any other callers with your hands up? Crossroad. Crossroad. You got a crossroad. What, what about you? You got anything you want to, want to enlighten us on? Okay, Cody. Cody Warren. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, double check that Carl said he was coming to St. Joe, but it sounds like he is. So, uh, one more thing I wanted to say for any first-time listeners: I think it'd be a really bad idea to uh, negotiate on the side of the road, talking about orders and stuff with a cop. Um, just do whatever they say and deal with it in court. You know. But uh, anyways, I am at work, and I got to get back to it, but uh, thanks for the call, Larry. All right, Cody. Diamond Dream. Diamond Dream? I have nothing this evening. Thank you. Okay. Free note. Pre node, you've been unmuted. Pre node. I'm good. Okay. Greg B. Gray B. Oh, Greg. Is that you? Greeby, is that you? Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, no, that was me before with the electronic. I had the electronic harassment. Uh, case. Oh, okay. I uh, already, yeah. All right. Thank you. Uh-huh. All righty. Let me see. Know your rights. What you got? Okay, we're going down the line. Know your rights. Yeah, that's uh, that's Mark. That's Mark. Mark. Okay, he must be working. What's All up, man? Right. All right, what you got, man? What's up, Gus? How you doing, buddy? Good, man. How you doing? Good to hear your voice. Good to hear you guys too, man. You guys are, uh, you guys have been on a roll. What have you been up to? Give us some good news. 
Oh, man, still alive, man. Another day. Woke up and God bless me with another day, man. That's wonderful news. Yep. You were uh, you were on a roll uh, Wednesday night before you get, before the call ended. <laughs> a lot of people got yeah. hold of me and said, man, who, who was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It did get cut off right in the heat of things. We were getting real heated. It was getting very juicy. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I don't, I don't think you uh, you explained that whole thing about the person on this call. You did last week, but it was recorded on Mike's uh, talk to. Uh, and I don't even think the whole thing was recorded. If you want to give a give a version of that here now, that'd be great for the uh, for the people who you know only get our call stuff. Um. Well, I mean, um, I don't know. Ask me something. <laughs> It'd be well, what's, what's, the, what's the difference between a man and a person? What's the difference between a statutory court, uh, you know, dealing with administrative uh, stuff, and a common law court, a claim and a complaint? What's the difference between the words, you know, when you talk about uh, a good man or a nice man or a smart man? You know, what's the difference and how important are these uh, these words? Oh man, words is is the form of communication. This is how you communicate. So, in order to communicate, you have to understand what, uh, first of all, what you're saying, the words you're using. That's why you have to study your words and uh, what the other side is using. Because uh, everybody knows, well, not everybody, but you can't interpret uh, what someone else is meaning by the words that they're using. So, when someone comes at you in a certain way. I mean, I can't sit there, and I'm not going to be stupid enough to sit there and try to interpret and assume that they mean something when I have no clue what they're, what they're trying to say, what they mean. So, yeah, the number one thing is, is the language. It's all the language. And this is where all the trickery comes in is through the language. So they, they're word nerds. They study language. They study the, the, law, of, uh, the, uh, the law of documents. So... That legalese is very powerful because they use it against everybody and nobody knows it's being used against them. It's like a silent weapon for a quiet war, if you want to call it that. But that's what it is. It's all about language. So if you get your language right, that's half the battle. The other half is knowing how to act, uh, you know, with your uh, your actions that come with those words, how to act uh, like a man. Um, and, you know, just how to act yourself. Uh, it's not anything that's, you know, it's, that's rehearsed or anything like that. It just got to be natural. It got to come from within your soul, man. You know, it's something you can't really explain. You just have to, once you get past that point of, uh, get to that point of learning so much stuff, it just comes natural. You know, it just shoots out like a machine gun, man. It doesn't, it's not difficult at all. You know how to handle every situation. But, you know, it takes time. It takes time and experience. And, um, you know, after a while, you know, after you're talking about it so much, teaching it so much, and doing it and stuff like that, it just it's, it's part of you, man. It's encoded in your DNA. That's what all you're trying to do, is, man. You got to, you know, people got to learn how to uh, uh, reprogram their DNA and encode all this stuff into their DNA, man. Because right now it's some garbage that's been encoded by them through all this indoctrination and stuff. And um, you know, they got to snap out of that. You know, they're in a zone right now. They're in Alice in Wonderland. So as soon as they click their heels, you know, they can come out of that as a wonderland. They'll know how to be a man and how to act like one and how to treat everybody else like one as well, you know, not just yourself. You know, you got to know how to act like a man and you got to know how to treat others like men and those of mankind. 
A lot of people don't know that. They don't know how to learn that stuff. They don't know how to act in the right capacity. That's what these shows were created for. Carl, Gus, Mike, me, Barry, a whole bunch of other people. This is what we're all here together tonight is to learn these kind of things. And, um, you know, everybody's seeking the truth, man, and this is the truth. You know, this is the way. This is, you know, it was already paved. Nobody had to uh, uh, try to discover a, a new method or a new way, you know, to, to try to see how they're going to beat this or how they're going to, uh, you know, play this game. It's already there, you know. It's already set up. You don't have to uh, create new steps. So all you got to do is learn, educate yourself, you know. Uh, don't let it, don't ever let that uh, public fooling system interfere with your education. You know, all that stuff there is just for, you know, keep you distracted from stuff. Um, they teach you how to be, you know, legal, the legal uh, society took over the uh, Department of Education. So they run everything. So it's all their curriculum. So, of course, they're going to teach you how to be a person, a citizen. Uh, you know, go get a job, go get a degree, go to college, join the workforce. You know, get on a plantation, basically. That's what, you know, join the force, in the workforce. Who's the workforce? All the persons and U.S. citizens that they created, um, they play under their rules. It's, uh, it's, all, you know, it's all a play. That's why they want you to appear in your costume and speak for your mask, um, like you're some kind of a character, you know, in an opera or some kind of a play. Um, so that's all it is. So they're banking on the fact that, hey, you know what, it's not our job to teach them that there's a play going on that they can put on their costume and jump in and out of their costume whenever they want. Uh, you, know, you know, it's not our job to teach them that. So it's out there. Hey, if they don't know it, they don't know it. So that's what it is, man. Every time somebody goes into court, they're just, they're confessing, just like our Carl was saying, man. They're confessing to be like uh, the demons to be exercised out of them, you know. And the judges and stuff, they're laughing, like how it's so easy. How Look how these people are so easily fooled. Well, that's, you know, what it comes down to, man. You got you to gotta know uh, how to act in your capacity. You, you, you know, you have, every, every, man has a, every man has dual capacity. Capacity as a man and capacity as a person. In order for you to operate in commerce, you have to operate through a person because, you know, the life, the life can't deal, have dealings with the fiction, with the dead. So, you know, the legal society, that's a fiction. That's a land of the dead. Uh, so literally, you know, these persons are zombies. They're trying to come out with all these zombie theories and all this kind of, oh, we're going to be invaded by zombies. What would happen? Well, <laughs> these are the zombies that they're talking about. Is these persons and... Uh, you know, U.S. citizens. And, uh, you know, people... Hey, Mark, uh, what are some of the words to look out for when you go to court? How do you know which kind of court you're in, you know, depending on the words? What, what kind of words are in one court and words are in another court? And, and what... Uh, like, if you go well, to and... uh, a probable cause here... Yeah, the, you'll, you'll hear different people talking about different things. And uh, when you go to a traffic court, you'll hear different kind of language. So explain some of the words that you might hear and, and what they actually mean and how they suck you in. Well, all the words that they try to use, uh, I don't understand anything they're saying because they're speaking legalese. Just like if I stepped into any kind of a court and somebody comes in there speaking Chinese, I don't know what they're saying. I have no idea. Um, when I know they're speaking like a man is when they start using simple words like a man, which you will never hear them. It'll always be us, and it'll always be in, in the form of a writing, part of a note, form of a notice. So once you uh, 
get into any kind of court, you put your notice in as a man. You're bringing in your jurisdiction and your capacity as a man. And uh, you're basically you're breaking assumption, uh, uh, their assumption that uh, you're operating under that person, which then falls under their jurisdiction and uh, ends up in an administrative hearing. And these administrative hearings are hearings for employees of a corporation that violated one of their codes. Like, for example, if you're working for McDonald's, and they say, okay, on Tuesdays you've got to wear blue shirts, and Fridays you've got to wear red shirts. Well, Tuesday you wore a white shirt, and all of a sudden they wrote you up. You know, the little police patrol or whatever you want to call them came by and said, hey, uh, you know, you violated a code. You're not supposed to be wearing a white shirt, so you're wearing a blue shirt today. Writes you up, and now you've got to go see the higher up. That's where the administrative hearing to decide what your uh, penalty, you know, what the penalty or what the fine is going to be. So you want to stay out of their administrative hearings. By how? Acting in your capacity as a man. And you put in your notice. So once you put in your notice, everything they say, it's basically you don't understand it. And they got to answer you back in writing or the man has to appear. Uh, an injured party has to appear. So the, the main thing is once you put in your notice, no matter what kind of a hearing that you're in summons to or Remember, they're, they're inviting you, some of them is an invitation. Their invitation, they're sending you an invitation to attend their play. There's a play going on. It, you know, they want to send you uh, an invitation to appear in person, which is appear in your costume. Like I was saying before, everybody appears in their costume. The judge, he's wearing his costume, prosecutor, bailiff, all that stuff. They're all wearing their costumes. So what you want to do is you walk in there as a man, basically, and the only way that anyone can commun communicate with you is they got to take off their costume. Well, the thing is, if they take off their costume, they're going to be held personally liable. It's like a hot potato. Nobody wants to end up with the potato, so everybody wants to pass it along. All right, so what are you doing when you write a notice? You're saying, so basically you're telling the judge, oh, you want the potato? The judge is going to tell his prosecutor, our oh, prosecutor, is there an injured party here? He's going to pass, pass the potato to him. Prosecutors aren't going to want the potato, so what's going to happen? Somebody's going to drop the potato, and guess what? You're going to win, and you're going to be let alone, and you're going to walk away from there because uh, you, you stood your ground, and you, had, you remained in your jurisdiction. You didn't let them suck you in by using legalese and uh, all kind of words to try to trick you back into their – because, see, they're, they're, anytime when you go into their, to any kind of a court, they're trying to test you. I mean, they're going to 100% percent they are going to test you, so they want to see if you're made of metal or tin. So they're going to test you. They're going to try to suck you back in. They're going to want to make sure that you didn't just hear something off the Internet or pick something off of, off of YouTube and stuff, and you're trying to use something just to get out of the traffic ticket. Okay, Mark, let me well, ask you this. When, if, they, if, if our public official, like an officer, just say, well, I command you or I demand you, what would you respond to that? What they say, I demand you to give me this. I, I demand. So how would you respond? Because a um, uh, young man said earlier he got a ticket and a cop didn't want to give him an order. He, he gave him a demand. Okay, well, well, any order that a judge gives, it has to be, he has to put it in an order. He has to put it in writing. No, no, well, judge has is, what, if, what if he's not, he's not giving an order? What if he's saying well, I'm he giving you a command or I'm demanding right. you do this? How would well, you well, what I'm trying to say is even a command is the same thing as a demand. It's the same thing as an order. He's ordering me. Okay, you're demanding me, order me, fine, whatever you want to call it, rainbow ponies, whatever it is, I'm taking it as a form of an order. Well, whatever he's demanding or commanding, he has to put it in writing. Like a final decision, a final judgment, or order, whatever, however he words it, it's an order. So go ahead and sign it and put your name on the order. Like you said, just in case you need some kind of appeal or you want to do something, 
uh, well, I need you. I need your decision in writing. You can't just say hocus pocus and boom. You know, somebody's going to say, yeah, the judge said this. How do you know he said that? The judge going to say, no, I didn't say that. I didn't command him. I didn't say that. He's, he's delusional. I didn't say anything like that. You need to have it in writing. He had to put it in writing. And like you said, you can get it from the clerk and have her, have her okay, the, this is what the judge commanded, put his commands. I don't know. He's Moses. I thought I he wants to be a judge. He's wearing a black robe with a white wig. He kind of looks like Moses. He's saying commanding. I don't know. Is it Ten Commandments? What is he talking about? I don't know what he means by commandments. What is that, a commandment? The Bible? What is he saying? I, I'm confused. Put it in writing so that way I can fulfill his wish in order because I need to study it. He can't just say something. Put it in writing so I can take it home with me, study it and learning so I can fulfill his command. If he's commanding me, I want to know exactly what he's commanding and how I can respond to the command so I need to study it and learn it so that way I can answer it in a proper way. So he can't, like I said, he can't just say hocus pocus because that doesn't stand up anywhere. Great, great. I'm quite sure. Now, I hope all the callers got that uh, on how you would respond when officer give you a demand or a judge give you a demand or any public servant give you a demand because, uh, you know, that's how you want to respond to, you know, demands. What the hell is it? So, Mark, let me ask you this. Uh, why I got you uh, got you going, and uh, Angela's on the call too. So Angela, you might want to put Mark's name down too when you look at the space of a call. A caller to come in on Thursdays to uh, fill in space because she took down Mike's and Sonya's and got she already got Gus. But uh, you'll be a good one too, uh, Mark, to get on her call. So I'm a, I'm gonna see if she go if Angela gonna say something on the call because. I'm quite sure she would love to have you come on the call also when she's uh, when she needs someone to spill a face. So Angela Stark, uh, Mark is another good one to come on and, and give you his experience on on common law and and, and what he's had uh, to, to deal with going into the court. And he can always start with uh, what got him on this journey. You know, as a matter of fact, Mark, uh, tell us what got you on this journey of following Carl anyway. Well, like most uh, sincere and genuine people, you know, uh, they ran into some kind of problem where they've been, they felt that they've been done wrong. And that's what I felt. I felt I've been wronged by uh, another man, and uh, I didn't know how they did it. And I wanted to know, wait a minute, this, this can't be. How can they just do that to me, you know? How can they just do something to somebody that's, uh, you know, didn't cause any harm or injury to anybody, and, and they're just going to come and, like, try to, uh, you know, uh, you know, <coughs> Take their kind of, take their property or stuff like that, you know. So the thing is, when they come and try to they come and try to uh, take your property, you hold on a second, hold on a second, give me one second. Hold on. Uh, yeah, and I had uh, I was sitting with a couple of people, and then they they got to talking, so I don't know if their conversation was getting in the background. So I just had to walk away from that. Uh, what was I saying, uh, Larry? What were we talking about? Oh, you, you was getting ready to go into uh, what got you started on your journey uh, to, oh. uh, you know. Like I was saying, yeah. Right, you, right, right, I got you. Okay, yeah, like I was saying, so I, I felt like I was done wrong, and uh, I was wrong by uh, another man, and uh, and so I I wanted to discover, wait a minute, how did this happen? How can they just do someone wrong like that and get away with it and make it look like I did something wrong? You know, so it didn't make sense to me. So, like I said, with like 
most people, the reason why they're on here, because it's not like, oh, they got nothing better to do. Well, I take that back. Some people, yeah, they, they don't have anything better to do, so they, they get on call and, you know, whatever, bullshit around. But some people, you know, they've uh, ran into problems, and they want to find out, hey, you know, how did this happen? So they start searching and searching and stuff, and until their journey and path leads them to wherever they are today. You know, here's why I am, where I am today. And it took me um, years and years and years of, like, studying all kinds of stuff and uh, listening to other people and looking into other uh, different directions and stuff like that. You know, I, I never really took any, source, any sort of direction from anybody, but I just looked at everybody's path and what this person was doing, what that person was doing, what this person was doing. And, you know, I put together my view of everything and how I see it going. And when Carl came along, I used to listen to uh, when Carl used to come on um, on Jack Bauer's show, and um, he always used to come in and stuff and bash people. Oh, it's funny. This guy was hilarious. So he was just like someone in the background. I, you know, I just thought that he was just one of the callers and stuff like that. But um, um, anyway, so since then, you know, I was – so the last thing before I started listening to Carl was Jack Bauer. So all of a sudden Carl got his show. Then I was like, okay, you know, this guy sounds like a good guy every time he comes on the show on Jack's call. You know, I like the way this guy comes. I like his style, you know. And um, I've never heard anyone come so blunt like that and just so straight to the point. And that's what attracted me to this because, man, you don't need all this complicated bullshit that they designed on purpose to send you around chasing your tail in a tailspin, chase, chasing codes and codes and codes. That's why they're codes. They're laughing at everybody. This guy, he perfects the codes and sends in the paperwork, boom, they flip all the codes on him and they'll laugh. It's a game. It's, it's funny to them. They're like, oh, look at these. Oh, good oh, citizens, look, they want to be attorneys, they want to be lawyers, look, they want to study code, they want to study all the codes. There's a lot of people that know the codes better than the code writers. One person that I know that knows the codes inside and out is Rod Class. But the thing with Rod Class is Rod Class, he's stuck in the legal society. He wants to fight them in their world, in their legal society, when all he has to do is step out of that world to step into a man, take off the costume, and pull whoever's bringing a claim against him, strip him out of his costume and tell him, come stand next to me on this side and we'll go to man to man. He's not doing that. He wants to fight him on their side of the fence. He's not going to win on their side of the fence, no matter what he does, because he's not designed to win if you're taking the, the, the title as defendant. If you're accepting the title as defendant, then you're going to lose or you're going to break even. You're not going to win. So like Carl was saying before, why would you want to get involved in a game where the most you can do is break even? Like, okay, what if I lose? You know, that's big of a risk. So I'd rather stay on this side of the fence. So Carl showed that way, and he paved that way. I listened to a whole bunch of uh, Bill Thornton, and Bill Thornton was the last one that I said, okay, well, this guy knows his shit about the law. This guy's on the right path. But with, the, with Bill Thornton, he doesn't have it all the way. It's not 100% complete. You know, he might have it, um, I think what Gus was saying before, 85% complete, 75% complete, but it's not all complete. Carl comes in and fills in all those gaps. And makes it simple. Uh, Bill gets into the bone of things. That's how he is. He's like real into it. You know, he studies it real hard. He gets into the bone of it. Um, Carl keeps it very simple. That you don't even have to get all the way to the bone of it. All you got to do is carry yourself this way, say these kind of words, use these kind of words, don't use these type of words, and you'll be fine. But the thing is, you can't do that. It's not a script. For them, it's a script, the legal society. They read scripts. For us, it's live. It's reality. So you, you don't have a script to read off of. So all this stuff got to be, you have to learn this stuff so well that it's in, you, 
encoded into your DNA. So now you're, it's programmed into your DNA where now it just it flows naturally and freely. You know how to carry yourself. You know the words to use and what not to use and how if anyone comes to you, it's like someone Chinese coming to you. Who? Huh? What? What did you say? What? Uh, operating a motor vehicle. What is that? Uh, Chasui? I don't know what you're saying. I'm not going to sit there and hold the liability to assume that I know what you're saying. You tell me what you're saying. I don't, you, you, you're coming to contract with me. You're coming to talk to me. You know, you're, making, you're making a contact with me. So obviously, either you're coming to tell me that I caused you a harm or you're, you want to contract with me. You want to do some kind of a business with me. So, okay, what's going on here? We need to get clarification. Are you trying to do business with me? Oh, no, I'm not. Okay, well, did I cause you harm? Well, no, I didn't. So what are you here for? Codes. This is that codes. I, I don't play that code, code game. So that's all it is. Once people learn it real well, it comes naturally. And you know what to say. You know how to react. You know what not to say. You just know how to carry yourself on in life through man. It's like the day you find out exactly how to uh, process all this stuff and learn it, the day is, is the day you step out of your shell and you start a new path in life. Now you know, okay, there's my shell. There's my costume. Well, you know what? Let me go ahead and pick it up. Now I know how to use the costume. All it is is mastering how to use the costume, how to use the person. Take it on and off. There's no law that says that you always have to be wearing your costume. You always have to come out in your costume. There's no law that says you, you always, for the entire duration of your life, you always have to be operating on the capacity of a person or a citizen or a pony or a, a light switch. doesn't matter. Any fictional things. So they create it for your benefit. Man created the government to, to, to secure and protect his property. So they created it for his benefit. So at any time, if you want to lower yourself to the status of a citizen, because a citizen is it's on the bottom of the uh, ladder, well, the man, God is on the top, man is second, then the government is underneath. Government creates corporations. They're all the way on the bottom. So at any, you have dual capacity. You can either be number two on the hierarchy of law and power, uh, or you can be down at number eight or seven, which is all the way on the bottom. The hierarchy of law and power consists of God is first, man is second, uh, local government third, state government fourth, uh, I'm sorry, county government fourth, state government fifth, uh, uh, federal government uh, sixth, and I think they created the, uh, in 1871, they created District, District of Columbia. So that's down there, and they created the uh, U.S. Per, the U.S. person through the 14th Amendment in 1868, and that's all the way on the bottom. So the person is the creation of the federal government, which is their creation of the state uh, from the county to the city and so on, so on, back to man. So man is number two on the top. These are his creations. The creation does not have any authority or jurisdiction over his creator, just like how we can't tell God what to do. He created us. It would be silly of us. Same thing as them. But the trick is they're... They created this person on the bottom and says, okay, when you want to engage in commerce, here, use this on the bottom because you need a person. We'll create it for you, and here, you use it. I didn't create it. They created it, but they gave it to me to use it. Okay, I'll use it anytime when it's a benefit. They can't force me to use it because, remember, 13th Amendment, involuntary servitude and slavery is prohibited. So there is no slavery. So that means everything has to be done by the consent of the people. So it has to be done by your consent. At any time, you can withdraw your consent. How? There's no magic documents or forms or bullets. It's so simple. You know how you do that? Simple. I'm not a citizen. I am a citizen. I'm not a citizen anymore. 
That's how simple it is. There's no magic bullet. There's no documents you need to submit. You don't have to cancel your birth certificate, cancel, resend your uh, Social Security, resend your patent. You don't have to do none of that stuff. It's given to you for a benefit. You don't have to use it if you don't want to. You just got to know how to jump in and out of it when it's a benefit and when it's going to cause you a harm. Hey, Mark. So they're operating. Uh, yeah. Let me let me jump in right quick and, and ask you this because I'm looking at the chat board and people want to know uh, how they can get in touch with you and see that's what this is what happened when you have a bunch of knowledge and I remember when me and Mark was gonna do a talk show but my my uh, plate was just too thick then but Mark I'm, I'm telling you man. Uh, the knowledge that you done picked up and, 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 and still uh, talking with Carl and, and Gus and Mike and all these guys, man, it, it, it's, you, you almost sounding like Carl and Gus and them now. So look here, let me ask you this. If, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, can you give them the information, your email or whatever it takes to get in touch with you? Angela might want to have you on her show. So can you put your information out there and let them know where they can get in touch with you at? Uh, well, I'm not on the board, Larry. If you want to punch it in, that's fine. But um, my well, email, let me, my email. Somebody, let me get somebody to punch it in. Uh, uh, Mike, uh, Gus, or somebody can punch it in. But go ahead. Hey, Larry. Hey, Larry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just gave Angela uh, Mark's uh, contact information on Skype. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, what they uh, some they several people don't ask for it on the chat also. So if uh, somebody want to put it on the chat. Uh, but Gus, I mean, uh, but Mark, go ahead, Mark. Um, I mean, if you want my email, they can contact me email at uh, AmericanCommonLaw at gmail.com. Okay, someone going to put that on the chat. Uh, let's say it, out, say it out again, America. AmericanCommonLaw at gmail. Okay. See, that's what happened, and, and half the time, and see what, what gets me about you, you want to come in and don't want to say nothing, but ain't nowhere in the world if I see you on this call every time, you're going to have to talk. You're going to have to say something. You know, yeah, well, you know what, man? Listen, let me know you was on the call at first, because if I had seen you, I would have sure pulled you out there, because, man, you, you, you speak too well not to say something, Mark. Well, you know, I mean, you know, we you know, we all learn from each other, man. We're, we're all here in one spirit, man. That's what it is. So, it's, you know, even though I wasn't saying nothing, I, I was actually I was speaking through everybody that was speaking. Like Gus, you know, he was doing a, a, a killer job. You know, Gus is like one of the top guys, and he he's so sharp on this game, he's not even funny. So, and you know, Mike and stuff like that, people like that. You, Larry, you're on top of your stuff, but you know. We uh, we kind of came together right now. We wouldn't be here all in one spirit if it wasn't for one man, and that's Carl. His spirit brought us all to him because his spirit is like a magnet, man. And our spirit just every you know all the spirit that was attracted to his frequency or whatever you want to call it attracted him and, and stuck to him like glue. You know, Carl know who his his inner circle is and his inner people are. They're stuck to him like glue. And, you know, everyone else is like a magnet that's attaching. And what's happening is the, the, the ball, the metal ball is getting bigger and bigger and bigger because the more people find out, the more people are getting attached to it because, um, you know, people are in constant search of the truth. They can't find it. They've been searching it out there. And they know it's out there, but they just don't know what it is and where it is. So everyone comes up with their own methods, you know, and, you know, Gordon Hall, Winston Shroud, Bill Thornton, this guy, that guy. Everyone has their own methods and tries their own ways, but no one's, no one can come out and say, say that they've been success, successful and show people the path. 
Well, no one has done that, done that other than Carl right now. Carl came on the scene out of nowhere. God brought him here for whatever reason. God brought us all here for whatever re- reason he chose for us to be here right now. That's why I feel that we're all here in one spirit, and we're all speaking to each other, you know, vibing th- through our frequencies. We're all connected to each other. So we're all brought here for a reason, and it's because we're seeking the truth. And like it says in the Bible, the truth shall set you free. That's where we well, have to this um, uh, to uh, Mark <clears throat> Gus. You got anything else you want to ask Mark? No, no, not at all. It's uh, what, you know, whatever uh, you guys want to talk about. You know, he's uh, he's available just like you know I am and, and Mike and you are uh, to different people. You know, depending on who gets a hold of you first. You know, you, you only, there's only so much time in the day. Right, exactly right. You're absolutely yeah. right, Gus. You know, you're only one man. Like I was saying before, like, look, I'm I'm one man. He's Gus is one man. You know, everybody's one man. So we can try to help each other as much as we could. You know, at the same time, there's a lot of people that need a lot of help. So and instead of trying to donate to somebody or trying to get somebody to pay, you know, to pay them to do something for you, you need to learn it because it's not a one-time thing. You're going to need this for the rest of your life, and you need to pass this baton on to your future generation's kids and their kids. See, we were never taught this by our parents because for whatever reason, they were going through whatever they were going through. So somewhere down the line, I'd say around uh, 1933-ish, someone dropped the ball, and society started changing generation after generation where nobody knows the law anymore. Nobody knows how to uh, act as their capacity as a man and, uh, and a U.S. citizen. Back then, everybody knew the law. But what? They've been, everybody's been dumbed down so much. Uh, that's why the, the legal society took over the uh, Department of Education. Look, they changed the curriculum. Now they came out with Common Core. They took civics out. They, they stopped teaching people about what it means to be a man and one of the people and, and their relationship between the government and their public servants and your, your rights and your property. This was the, whole, the, the reason why this country was founded, to secure and protect property. How can they're not teaching this the main number one hey, thing? You were breaking up there for a second. Oh, how about now? Is it better? Yep. Okay, let me ask you this, Mark. Uh, you want to take any questions? Because I see some people got some questions they want to ask, Mark. You feel I mean, like you, any you got yeah. control of the board. Go ahead. Yep. Okay, now, now these questions are to be asked, are taken in by Mark, uh, Gus, um, Mike, and anybody, Sonny, anybody else want to pump in? Just come in on these questions that's being asked. So let me see. Uh, GB, you got you. you uh, you've been unmuted. Hello. Yes. You're talking to me. Uh huh. Go ahead and ask your question. Okay. First of all, I I have a comment that I'd like to take and share that you threw a gold nugget nugget out there and and I just want to reemphasize that gold nugget that you brought up and and I want to say to Mark I have a question for him but um everything that he said is just brilliant just brilliant that's really what people need to understand is everything Mark said but my comment to you that the gold nugget that you laid out there it it put a smile on my face because this is the first thing that made me understand Carl and who Carl Lentz was. All right, are you ready, Larry? Yeah. All right, my comment to you and the gold nugget that you gave out was 
the word intercourse. Do you recall saying that? Right. All right. Why don't you take and, and educate them on what that means, and then I'll comment, and, and then I'll direct a question to Mark. Well, intercourse means just what we've been doing all night, you know, uh, going back and forth. Going back and forth. All right, but what happens when you deal with the with a public official? They usually take and want to intercourse with you with commerce, just like Mark said. It's all about money. And okay, now, this, and when they want to intercourse with you in commerce, now this is what I normally do. When someone sent me a presentment, and I don't know who sent it, okay, first thing I do is I say, uh, if it doesn't have a name on it. I call the 1-800 number, and I give them the whatever the uh, account number is. I say, can you let me speak to the man or woman that, that's handling this account? So when a man or woman come in, I get the man or woman's name, and I tell the man or woman, uh, you know, that could they send me this piece of paper that they sent me? Can you send it to me in writing if you believe it's true? And uh, and I'll be glad to uh, intercourse with you. But my fee, and of course, which is, you know, I sent it back in writing, my fee is going to be about $500, and of course, with you for the first hour. And if I don't receive a cashier's check of money within the first, you know, within the next seven days, then I'm going to consider this letter you sent me, sent to me in error. So there's plenty of ways you can go about, you know, talking to people that's trying to communicate with you and that you don't even know, that you have no clue of who they are. We just have to learn how to get creative and learn how to talk to people in a common language that they try to talk with you in, especially when they're trying to, you know, tell you 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 owe money or uh, you you owe this debt. Okay, who who said I owe this debt? I don't even know you. So hey, you want to talk to me about a debt? Okay, hey, let's intercourse. Pay me a fee. So so you know. It's all up to the, the person that knows that they're getting presentments that, you know, how they want to handle it. I think anytime you get a presentment, you can you can look at it instead of out of frustration, look at it as a means of making money. Period. Now, but there's no there's no should I say bulletproof on how you can deal with any public servant. So it just depends on how creative you want to be. That's correct. That's correct, but. That's, I think that word intercourse is so important for people to, to understand because you said when it comes to a debt, they have to understand that that person's trying to contract with you. Right. And, and I heard a story from a mark, but I'm not sure whether it's the same mark or not, and that's what I want to question. Something else that I thought was brilliant of what he came up with a little notice carried around in his car. And if that's the same mark, I would like to take and have him tell that story. Yeah, you're asking about that notice. Uh, notice about my car. Yeah, don't, Mark, are you from Michigan? Yes. All right, you are the same, Mark. Then, because that's how I recalled who Mark was from Michigan. I'm also from Michigan. So okay. What part of I haven't lived there in probably about 35 years, but I'm in Florida right now. And uh oh. where from uh, where from Michigan where are you from? Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids, okay, that's on the west coast. Ten four. Ten four. Mm -hmm. um, right, right. 
you had you had woken up. See, when I started, I like yourself. I started following Carl um, as soon as he jumped on with Mike Golden as well, and I followed Rod Class before that, and I had badge. All right. <laughs> so, I mean, I went down that whole alley. I submitted briefs, and I did all this, and I did all that, and, and it, it was chased. Like you said, you're chasing a tail, but. One thing that I heard you say on somebody's, or maybe Gus or something like that, was about a notice that you're coming up with, and you're trying to uh, experiment with it. Is that correct? Um, were you talking about the last time we were on the show? I think, was it on Gus's call, or was it Mike's call? Yeah, it might have been one, either one of the two. Oh, you're talking about the police notice. The police notice when you're driving, yeah. or when you're out? Uh, I think that's yeah. what he's talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, um, what I did is I created like this little package. It's, um, it's a, like a little, uh, a little, uh, maybe about like two and a half inches by like maybe five inches or four inches, like three by five inch kind of a, a, a notice. Um, all right. I think he, he got kicked off the call. I think he popped right back on. Well, that's a pretty good story he's got to tell. And, and it's, a, it's a very good tool if people know how to use it and keep it simple to take control back. Yeah, yeah. He's going to pop back on in a few minutes. He he, he popped off. When When he came up with that idea, I had already taken and done something like that about a year and a half ago. However... I never, I, I never tried to institute it when I discovered the word intercourse, you know. Right. But, but it was on. It wasn't on a three by five card. It was on a. Um, it was on a, like the, the legal size contract. And talk about, I had to almost microprint the thing because I, I had so much to say, and now I realize, ha ha ha! How funny is that? Right, right, right. Yeah, it was it was definitely um uh we had talked about that once before. <clears throat> uh, well, I, I, it's a very good tool that people need to start doing once they understand who they are. Once you understand who you are and, and you see that somebody's actually trying to take and and pick your pockets and pick your time, wait a minute, you know? Unless you order me, it's gonna you know, you don't mean shit to me. And, and I hate to swear, but that's that's basically how you got to get in your in your your mindset because you are the king of your kingdom, guided by there's nobody higher than you and God. Back on the call. Uh, he hasn't made it back on yet, so uh, and we're gonna see if anyone else have a question. Marcus, do you have a question? Have you been unmuted? Macklin four five six, you've been unmuted. Crossroad. Patala. Is that you? Patala. Puntala, P-O-N-T-A-L-A. Oh, Puntala. yeah, yeah, that's Puntala. Hey, what's yeah, going I'm on? Just, yes, I'm just listening to guys. Uh, I'm just sucking in, man. I'm good. Uh, I have court coming up on uh, Friday. 
I'm just sucking in as much as I can. Okay, you got court coming up. Tell us what's going on. Well, I just got a speed ticket, and uh, uh, I was doing some uh, the deal sorting stuff, and uh, lucky enough, I got a hold of Gus, and uh, they make completely sense, and he got me in the right direction. Got you. So I'm glad. So, I, okay, I, so tell us tell us what direction you're going in. So you, you got with Gus. Gus so uh, let some of the new callers know that because you could be helping them out with something that Gus told you. So we got plenty of people on the call that's listening. So just tell us how you plan on going in the court and how you're going to deal with this traffic ticket. Well, I'm putting a notice on the court, and um, I want to I want to know who who is the man. They're going to speak, and uh, uh, who, who is the man they're going to speak about uh, with me with that? And I uh, put the notice, and uh, I'm going in as a man, so I don't have to worry about all the codes and Supreme Court decisions and all this crazy stuff because they ain't going to let you speak about it anyway. So uh, I just want to know who is the man they're going to be, the, the, the plaintiff, they're going to come in and speak on the behalf of the state. Who, who is the person that would speak and have a claim against me? And I'm standing my ground on that. Okay, that's great. That's great. i tell you what I need you to do is I need you to uh, come back and let us know how it went for you. Definitely. I'm, I'm planning to uh, be around for a while. Okay. Hey, Larry. Yeah, you made it back. Okay, go ahead. No, no, this is Vital. Hey, I'm going to post uh, a link on uh, on a compressed call from uh, Mark from the other day that uh, Mike from New Hampshire did. Uh, okay. So anybody that wants to hear him, you know, go there. It's about one hour long, and it's very good. And uh, by the way, Larry, if you back away from the mic a little bit, it'll be easier to hear you because you come okay. in really Okay, got you. All right. Okay, uh, Mark, you made it back. Yeah, I'm here, Larry. I got disconnected. I thought we probably hit the five-hour mark. <laughs> no, no, we still on. Okay. Uh, uh, the caller was yeah. asking you something about the card that you was that you. Yeah, were, yeah. Well, I, yeah, he's talking about that. Um, I created it's like a package, man. It's like a little notice that you give to a, a police officer that pulls you over, and it's also a notice that um, it goes on the back of your uh, license plate. Uh, it's like a license plate. Uh, uh, border and it has like you know certain keywords that I put on there and um, also I have like an invoice pad that I that I created that goes with it. So it's basically like you know you don't want to talk. See a lot of people they get nervous, they can't talk and stuff like that. So you know they don't know how to talk, they get nervous, they start panicking. Like especially when uh, some guy in a costume pulls up and you know has a shiny badge on it with a gun and stuff like that. It can be intimidating. So I created this thing where. Um, where it's a card, you just hand it to the card, and that's you're giving him notice, and you don't have to open your mouth and say not even a word. And uh, this notice will basically, uh, uh, you know, take care of everything for you. It's, uh, you know, basically it's telling him that things like, you know, how you're not operating uh, under that license at this time, and, you know, how you're going from point A to point B with your property and stuff like that. And it's, uh, you know, it has a, it's like a little notice of what it is. It's a... Uh, I don't know if I want to include like this uh, dash cam that was that um, I have 
that I use. Um, anytime when I get pulled over, I just turn it on, I start recording, and the notice says, uh, you know, this, uh, this event is being recorded. And it has a few other things on there, basically putting the cop on notice. So anything he, when he asks you for a driver's license or whatever, you don't know what he's saying. You just, he's talking Chinese, you don't know what he's saying. So you just uh, give him that notice, and he's going to look at it real quick. And now whether he want to read it or not, that's on him. He's, you, you gave him a notice, and he's, he's on film. So you gave him a notice, and it says notice. So if he reads it, it's for his benefit because what he would end up doing, the best thing that for everybody for him to do was to hand that right back, back to you and tell you have a, have a nice day. Uh, he's not going to want to get into any kind of stuff. So, uh, but if he doesn't read it and if he uh, says, I need your driver's license, you don't even have to ask him, is it an order, is it your wish, or anything, because it's already in the notice. So it's basically saying after you're being served this notice, anything uh, that you say to me from, now, from this point on is going to be deemed as uh, a form of an order. It's going to be taken as, as, as a form of an order and a wish. And, uh, and I will fulfill your wish and order and uh, require just compensation at the rate of, you know, and I put a fee. So now if he, once he takes that card, you hand it to him, it's, he should read it. If he doesn't read it, he's still liable for it. Now, if he go ahead and whatever he asks you for or demands from you, even if he says, I need your driver's license, whatever he says, you hand it to him because it's just like doing business. He both pulls up to your drive-thru window. He pulled up. He placed his order. How can I help you, sir? Yes, I would like your driver's license registration. Okay. Would you like the biggie size there? Or would you like a, a, a side? Of, would you like a strawberry shake with that? So uh, he's placing his order. So place, give him his order. Why would you not want to make money? This is a money-making opportunity. So he, obviously the guy wants to do business with you. So I do business. Why would I turn down business? I mean, I need to make a living too. So if he wants to do business with me, fine. I mean, my time is valuable. Okay, here, here, here's the fee. Here's what uh, the notice I'm giving you. You've been noticed. Here's the menu. It's like a menu. So he pulled up to my window. I, get, I hand him a menu. Now he looks at the menu, whether he wants to look at it or not, and give it back without seeing how much uh, a burger costs, and he orders a burger. That's fine. Order a burger. So he can order whatever he wants. But what, when I give him whatever he needs, I perform the service, I bet you by the time I, he comes back, I'm going to have that invoice filled out waiting for him. So when he gives me the ticket, I'm going to look at his name. I'm going to write his name on, that, uh, on the bill and hand him the bill. This is all on tape now. Now, whether he wants to accept the bill or not, that's on him. It's on my tape, and I'm sure it's on his tape. So if he doesn't accept the bill, it's like going to McDonald's, ordering food, and taking off of the food and not paying for it. It's the same process. It's no different. So this notice basically is to help people that can't really speak or they get nervous or you don't even want to say anything because, believe me, some of these police officers are nice people, you know, but other ones, they're, they're kind of, they have low IQ, they're dumbed down, and uh, they, you know, they're, 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 they got uh, itchy trigger fingers, they want to pace people, they want to break windows and snatch you out of windows. You don't want to get into confrontation at all. So this is just like a, you know, a, a thing that basically just kills all that. And you just hand them the notice, you don't speak, you don't do anything. Whatever he asks you, just be polite and, you know, be as polite as a dove and just give it to him and send him a bill. Now, if he doesn't accept the bill, I, I know where, his, uh, where, he, where he works at. So I send it to his uh, agency. I send it in his name into his agency along with a notice. Hey, you pulled up to my window the other day. You ordered a burger, large fries, and strawberry shake, and I gave you a free apple pie with that, but you didn't pay for your food and you took off. Maybe you made a mistake, but here's the bill. Bill's due in 10 days. And, you know, I put some terms and conditions and stuff on there. 
And also what I do is uh, within 72 hours, usually what I do is the following day, you take your, uh, the ticket and the citation that the police officer gave you, and I make a copy of it for my records, and I take the original, and I write a little notice, and I send it to the city attorney prosecutor. And with that notice, um, you know, I give him my terms and conditions and also I put a, a, a part in there about uh, his, if he doesn't respond, it's his indication of signing uh, the tacit acquiescence to the above whatever I said. And this way, the city attorney doesn't even know how to respond to you. You know, but I've done this like back in January and, and stuff like that in December, and I haven't had a response back from anybody. Anytime when I write a notice and I send it out, I don't get a response back as far as ticket-wise. Now, a ticket, you're supposed to uh, call and make a court date within 10 days or appear in person, you know, in, in your costume. But uh, I chose to send a letter the following day, and I send a certified mail. And he got it, and, I, and he got that ticket back with the notice, and I send it to him, and I send a bill to the, to the man acting as cop to the agency, and uh, I told him that he owes me $200 for his order. He ordered, driver, uh, he ordered a driver's license, registration, insurance, and keep my hands where he can see them. I gladly, I said, absolutely, sir. I gladly fulfill everything he wanted. Now I send him a bill. Because, see, I have to send him a bill because he's doing business. Otherwise, I'm going to take it as that was a form of slavery. Now 13th Amendment says there's no slavery, no involuntary servitude. So he can't force me. Obviously, he can't force me. Obviously, he can't tell me, do this or do this or do that, do X, Y, and Z. So everything that he's doing is in form of an order. And I take it as, okay, you want to do business with me? You, you want this from me? Okay, well, here's my fee for it. Now, you know, do business. I would love to do business with you. And it's funny, too, because when I send him an attorney, I, I tell him, thank you in advance for your business. And I swear I don't hear nothing back from them. I, I haven't had a notice for my driving that I missed a, uh, a hearing that uh, something about a license suspended or a default judgment. I haven't heard nothing for anybody. And I even send a follow-up letter to the prosecutor, and I still haven't, uh, haven't heard anything back from him. And uh, basically on the bottom of that letter, I tell him, hey, if you don't respond, if you do not respond, uh, then I'm going to, you know, take this as your uh, tacit acquiescence that, you know, uh, and I put like one, two, three, four, five things. One of the things is that, and you wish not to do business with me, you know, so... I put that in there, and uh, like I said, I never heard nothing back, but I can still pursue the, the guy acting as officer when I send him a bill. I can still pursue that yet. So, you know, I haven't decided to pursue that yet because the prosecutor hasn't been come and try to pursue something with me. And I told the guy that he gave it to me, the cop gave it to me in error, but if you wish for me to come down and discuss this with you in any type of a hearing or whatever you want to call it, I'll be more than glad to come and do it, uh, but uh, I will require an appearance fee for $250. So, you know, get back with me in 10 days. Let me know what is your wish, what you want to do, so I can, you know, prepare myself, basically. I haven't heard nothing back, and I did it a few times, and I haven't heard nothing back from the prosecutors. I haven't had nothing back from the mail for, for tickets or from the courts, anything. So, and, and then I know he, had, he got it. First, it was certified, and, you know, his agent signed for it. Second, what happened was when I first sent out the first notice to him, um, I said, you know what? He hasn't responded in 10 days, and it's already been 14 days now uh, past the ticket because the ticket says respond within 10 days. Either pay it or you have to uh, uh, set a court date. So I called. It was 14 days later. I was like, you know what, let me just in case, I don't know, he tried to pull something funny and he tried to put a warrant out for my arrest or, oh, you didn't appear, blah, blah, blah. So I called the court clerk and I said, hey, you know, I'm such and such, and um, 
you know, I had to pick it up. Let me go ahead and uh, set a hearing, set a court date for this. Because uh, I said to myself, okay, well, if he doesn't respond with my notice, then I know what I'm going to do when I go to court. I'm going to put my notice into the court. But it didn't get to that point. You know, not after that notice I sent him in the way I worded it. You know, he looked at this notice and, you know, I'm sure probably someone asked him, hey, so what's up with this ticket? Are we going to set, you know, are we going to summons him to appear? Are we going to go to court? I'm sure he probably looked at that notice and said, man, are you crazy? This type of notice, you think I'm going to, he sent it to me in the mail and I can't respond to this. I don't know how to respond to it. You think I'm going to let this guy put me on blast in front of court and I, he's going to make me look stupid? I don't know how to respond to this letter. So, you know, they know what's going on. And they know when they see you appearing as a man, they know, oh, shit, okay, uh, this is not one of the fishes. This looks like a shark. And he got real uh, sharp teeth and he looks real hungry, too. And he's coming this way. So let's uh, hop out of the pool, you know. That's it. They hop out of their pool and leave their baby suits in the pool. And that's what happens, and that's what ha- what's been happening so far. So people, like, you know, try to, they try to get on the line and try to say, hey, well, oh, okay, you will. Where is the success? Okay, show us a case that you want, Carl. Show, give us one case that you want and stuff like that. Well, it's not about show me a case. The, the success is how you win is when, when you succeed and having people uh, uh, leave you alone and, and let you be. The main thing everybody wants is to be let alone. That's the ultimate goal. I want to be let alone so I can enjoy my life. I'm not trying to cause anyone any harm, injury, or make them accrue any kind of a financial loss. I'm a responsible. I, I, I live in honor, and uh, this is the way life is supposed to be. Um, there's people that are coming in and, you know, want to do a little bit of trickery because they want a, some kind of a scam and fraud and, you know, money and all kind of stuff. I don't know. I don't, I'm not into all that stuff, and I don't want to go down that road. I don't want to study any of your codes. I don't want to even begin to have that stuff in my brain. My DNA, like I said, it's, it's reprogrammed. All this garbage is out and all this, the, the truth is in. And all this stuff wouldn't have been, uh, wouldn't have been uh, able to happen if it wasn't for Carl. Carl put this all together. Carl was, was the link that put all this stuff together and, and shot it out to make it so simple because he knows the, it's, the stuff that everyone else is putting out there is too complicated. It's too complicated. Plus, it's, it doesn't work. Plus, you've got to jump through all kind of hoops. Who has time for that? Who has time to sit there and master all this shit? Before that ends up happening, the world's going to end by then. Someone's going to hit the nuke button. So Carl, what he did is he took it out, took all that stuff that he learned from all these other people and pieced it all together, filtered out all the garbage, and took together all the nuggets and put them all together. And this is Carl's method right here. Shows you shows a simple man. Not complicated like with rock class and stuff like that where they get into all these codes and stuff because nobody can do that. Rock class has been studying that stuff for years, and he knows the codes inside and out. Well, people don't – rock class is retired. People don't – are not – they're not retired. They don't have the time or the luxury or the energy to study all this shit when it's unnecessary, when it can change you at the snap of a finger. So Carl goes after the simple man, just like how, uh, you know, how uh, – well, I was going to say something, but anyways, I'll skip that part. But like I was saying, that's what it comes down to. Carl teaches a simple man how to keep it simple, do simple things to live a simple life. And this is, you know, after studying and studying and studying, you, you will start to reprogram your DNA as well. Now you don't have to, oh, what am I going to say? You don't have to worry about it. Why? Because your spirit will take control of within because Everything that you already learned is already inside you. You're breathing it. You're living it. You know, you're bleeding it. 
So now it's inside of you. So it, it just comes natural. When someone talks to you, now the, 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 all that bullshit side, doesn't, your brain doesn't search for that in that file anymore because that file is deleted. So now you created a new file. Now anytime you take an information to, your, to yourself, well, now it's going to go into this new department and this new file, and it's going to register, and it's going to kind of come out with different outcomes every time. And these outcomes are going to be something very simple. It's so simple, like Carl says, it's scary. The main thing is what? Just learn. You've got to keep teaching yourself. Learn and learn and, and you know, take it a little bit at a time. Don't over, overwhelm yourself with a whole bunch of information because, you know, your brain can shut down. You can't. It'll stop processing after a while. So take a little bit of information. Take a couple of days off. You know, study a week, 10 days, whatever. Take a couple of days off and let all that information register in your brain. Let it register in your brain so we can sort everything out and uh, so you don't overwhelm your, your process, your processor inside your brain. And then, you know, start again another week. Go hard again another week, 10 days. Give yourself a break. Let yourself take in all information, process it, send it to where it is. Believe me when I tell you, the more you do it, the more information you're going to store in your brain. And then at the times when you need that information, you're going to be able to recall it. When a situation comes up, you're going to recall exactly how to handle that situation. It's going to come natural. And that takes from time and studying and learning, just like how Gus is doing it, Mike's doing it, uh, even Mark's doing it down there, Larry's doing it. And it's all because of one man, Carl, man. He brought us all together. That's why I believe and I feel it that we're all here in one spirit. Well, and the important thing, too, is... uh Carl opened up our eyes as to the power of writing with that ink pen and how to keep it so simple. The pen is mightier than the sword. There it is it right there. Is. It absolutely is. And So as and long as you know how you're writing, what you're writing, that's the key thing. They, they look to see if they, you know what you're doing. Believe me, they can tell if you're made of metal or tin. All they got to do is say a couple of words, like Gus was saying earlier, how they'll try to trick you to their jurisdiction and use certain kind of words and stuff. They'll, they'll do that. They're going to do that because they're not going to just give up and lay down like that. They're going to look at you like, who the hell is this guy coming over here, you know, trying to do something different? Oh, yeah? Well, we're going to try to nail his ass. So they're going to try to test you. So, you know, if, if you're made of metal or tin. So if you're made of metal, you know how to, you know, you know how to uh, write. You know how to uh, put notices in. You know how to use words. You know how to box them in. See, the thing is, what you master is you master how to box them into a corner in such a simple way but you give them the way out, and this is the only way out that they have because other than that, there is no other way out. So you don't want to box them in the corner and just leave them there without a way out. You always want to give them a way out. Believe me, either they're going to take that way out or they're going to choose their own way out to make it look like, oh, it wasn't because of you. But the, the main objective is you want to be let alone. And these are the victories. So if they want to ask where are the victories, here they are. I'll just give you an example. Send out notices. I haven't heard nothing back in since December, January for the prosecutor or anything, right? And, you know, when, when I called to get a court date, she told me that, um, is, is this Mark? I said, yeah. She goes, oh, Mark, well, I'm sitting here, and I have this, this notice in my hand right now for uh, Paul. Paul's the uh, city attorney. I said, oh, oh, okay. Oh, so you have my letter? She says, yeah. I said, okay, uh, well, uh, you know, are you, did you guys, did Paul see it? Did he receive it? Because I sent it over 10 days ago. She goes, no, oh, no, it's right here in my hand. I'm looking at it as we speak, but he's getting it today. Paul's going to get this notice today. I said, oh, he is. She says, yeah. I said, okay. Um, so she says, but if, if you want to set up a court date, well, that's going to negate your paperwork, and I'm going to throw this notice away. 
I said, okay, no, 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 then don't do that. Then go ahead. So is he going to answer my notice? She says, yes. He's going to get it today, and he's going to answer today. That's what she told me. He's going to answer today. I said, okay. I tell you what, Mark. Somebody on the chat said you can make a great DVD for beginners because it will, it, will, it will be easier to track you if you made a DVD for beginners. So, man, uh, so I tell you, man, just the stuff that you, just the information that you putting out there, people seeing your gift that you got, and, uh, you know, so I don't know if you might want to get with Gus and them and, and Mike and all of them and put a DVD out there because this is the stuff that beginners need to hear because you 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 put it on a, a plane that they can easy follow, easily follow because it's, you know, it's stated so, you know, where you just can follow it real easy. So uh, let, me, let me put that in your bag where you can think about that for a while, too, because, you know, uh, people begin to see the gift that you got. So let me see if you want to take any more calls. Let me see if anybody from uh, take any more questions. Uh, Southeast Florida, you got a question for Mike, I mean for Mark, off of Gus, off of uh, uh, Mike, any one of them. Southeast Florida. Talking to me? Yes. Oh, um, no, I just want to I, I wanna thank Mark for, for telling that story because that pretty much puts the, the nail all the way down to let people know how to handle that situation when it comes to being stopped by the police. And and I think on an important thing that, that Carl really has, that I've learned from Carl is, the only way that you can t- take control of any situation is you got to ask it. That's all I got to say. And thanks, Larry. Thanks, Mark. You did a brilliant job. All righty. Uh, New York. We got several New Yorks on. Whichever one speak up first, New York. You unmuted. All three New York. New York East, New York. Hi. How, How you doing? doing? This is Daniel. What's up, Daniel? Hey, good, good. Hey, you guys are doing a wonderful job. I, uh, I, uh, I'm actually upstate New York, Rochester area. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> I've, uh, I've been listening to you guys now for. Uh, this is actually my first call, but I've been listening to Carl Lentz um, quite a bit on the YouTube channel and. Uh, I've also listened to Gus. Uh, you guys have done a great job. This has uh, been a wonderful experience for me because <clears throat> I started uh, studying this stuff about two and a half years ago, and uh, I've gotten pretty good with the codes. I, <laughs> I've gotten some wins uh, in court um, just by filing, thank you, by filing motions and things like that. And uh, <clears throat> But when I came across Carl's stuff, light bulb went off in my head. I was like, holy crap, this is unbelievably simple. And uh, it really made so much sense to me. It it just uh, resounded inside me. I said, this is the way to go. You know, and I I had Billy Thornton. um, I even listened to some of Mark Stevens stuff a few years ago. And uh, to be honest with you, with Carl, uh, this has been day and night it really has been and i'm i've been uh i, I feel that i'm blessed and, I, and i'm really happy that carl's done this uh and i've been able to help quite a few people 
So I've, I've been very happy about that. Um, actually, I'm working on uh, just recently a kid. I was at the local barber shop, and he actually uh, uh, got a letter from the um, county uh, jury system that they want two hundred. They wanted to charge him two hundred fifty dollars for not showing up to uh, for not fulfilling a jury summons. <clears throat> so I. Uh, I said, you know what, Let's, let me take a look at the letter. I sat there and I wrote a quick notice up for him and explained to him that, uh, you know, <laughs> just sending out this notice and put put these couple of uh, things that you need down. They actually had a, a signature on there. The guy's name is Charles. So we said, hey, Charles, greetings. <laughs> uh, you know, we wrote a couple things and we asked the two questions of, uh, you know, what what obligation is there for an idiot uh, that doesn't understand this notice. Uh, and then another question was, um, uh, I, I forgot what I actually even wrote, but that just happened a few hours ago. So I think uh, I think that should uh, turn out pretty well for him. All right. Great, great. You, yeah. you want to ask Mark, Gus, uh, Mike? Uh, yeah, you know, actually, one, one of the things that I'm still trying to understand is, is how to uh, – how to get the claim into court. Um, I know, I know I've got the notice part down. What I don't understand, and, and I've been, I've been fighting going through a bunch of different videos, just trying to get something that I can uh, find that'll give me a step-by-step process on actually how to produce the claim to the court. Um, that's where I'm still kind of gray. And I, I think I heard a couple of DVDs, um, or a, a couple of times that there, that you guys are going to produce a DVD on how to do a step-by-step claim to the okay. court. Okay, let me let me let me answer that for you uh, right now. Uh, you probably turn your uh, you probably got your uh, speakerphone on uh, uh, too loud. Let me answer that for you uh, right now. Uh, uh, please, if you're not speaking, please mute out. Speakerphone, not speaking. Okay, yeah. Hold on one second. Let me mute you guys out. Okay, Mark, you are, uh you or Mike, anybody wanna answer that for him? Gus can take it. I I I didn't even know I didn't even hear the question to be honest with you. Now the question is he wanna know how to uh how to do how to do his claim. He said that's the only thing he's he's kinda little go ahead go ahead tell go ahead and tell tell your situation, man. You mean you just don't know how to get it filed? Like actually Filed in the courthouse. Caller. Yeah, no, the filing's not the issue. Um, uh, apparently, from what I from what I'm understanding, um, when I do the claim, okay, let, let's say I'm going in just for a speeding charge, uh, and I and I want to submit my claim. Um, I know I'm not going to submit it in their court case because that's their case. I want to submit it as my own personal case. But um, when I do that, I'm going to go to the to the court clerk, and I'm actually going to file that with the court clerk as it being my personal case, uh, and I want it being heard on that particular on the same particular day that uh, I'm supposed to be going in for arraignment. Um, am I? I'm going to put myself on mute. I'm going to just give you guys a second to to say if I if I'm going in the right direction. Well, I would say if you're going to do it that way, I'm not 100% sure. Hopefully somebody will jump in if I'm wrong. 
but I would say you would file your claim, just a one-page claim. And uh, once you get your claim number, then you can attach your exhibits, your rules of court, um, whatever notices, any kind of CFs. And then um, I would guess that you would serve it on the other side and possibly put a notice of claim into their case. case. And maybe, I'm not sure about this, but maybe even make them aware that on their next court date, you will be holding your court as well because the parties will all have been served and all the parties will already be in the same place at the same time. So to save public public funds and court resources, it only makes sense to hold your court while they're holding theirs. Okay, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, here in upstate New York, uh, I'm sure it's all over the country, but I actually located a document for New York State Small Claims Court. Um, would it be possible for me to file in small claims and then also use it or use that claim that I filed in small claims for a speeding charge or any criminal charge um, in another court? Well, not the same case. You can't have one case in several jurisdictions. It's going to be one gotcha. or the other. Hey, can I chime in on this for a second? Because I just learned something recently that when I was doing the uh, unlawful detainer. I started looking into it, and I found out that when you answer an unlawful detainer, you have a right to ask for a trial by jury. So I'm not sure exactly what... Are you actually dealing with a speeding ticket? Is that what you're dealing with, or are you just proposing that as an issue? Um, yeah, I'm just proposing that as an issue. Mo most of the things that I've helped out with are all been uh, traffic uh, cases. I haven't helped uh, anyone with any actual, uh, you know, uh, criminal charges here in upstate New York. Everything has been traffic. Right. Well, the, the one thing that I, I learned in both cases was a small a small claim is a court of record. That's the way Carl explained it to me, it's, you know, just like Judge Judy. You're walking in two men, one man's walking out loser. So that's a no-brainer with the small claims. You're already in a court record. Now, in the unlawful detainer, I didn't know if it was statutory. I had no idea until I actually read up the court rules as to how I can answer and what my rights are when I answer. And one of those things were you could request a trial by, well, they call it a jury trial, but a trial by jury. So it automatically moved me into a court of record once I answered the complaint. Now I, I file a cross, uh, a cross complaint and I attach my claim to it. So I have their paperwork to get me into court, but with my complaint will be my claim. So I'm changing jurisdiction by claiming with their complaint, I guess. But that's how we're flipping the jurisdiction is just by answering. So if you have a traffic ticket and you want to see the judge, mm. I'm assuming you would just ask for a hearing 
uh, petition for a hearing or whatever document they have to get you in front of a judge. But when you put in that petition, you put in your claim, your one-page claim. And that's how I'm understanding we're getting into court because I haven't got the cross-complaint in yet, but I did get the small claims in. The small claim was no biggie. Monday well, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, Sonia, go ahead and jump in on that, Sonia. Sonia Paris, go ahead, jump in, Sonia. You unmuted. Okay, um, I think I'm on. Can you hear me? Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, I, I, I didn't want to butt in or anything, um, but uh, I don't usually speak. And uh, how much time do we have left? Oh, we have uh, we have about another 45 minutes. Okay, well, I, I hope not to take oh. up all that time. But hey, Larry, I think the call started at 610, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 610. 10, yeah, so left. you got about two minutes. Two minutes. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, two minutes. Okay. I'll make it real quick. Um, I, I love this common law. I've been studying for uh, four years. I studied when uh, spiritually I got connected with Carl when he was on Angela's show. So, you know, I've been hanging around for a while, and I just love it. And, uh, you know, everyone talks about God, but really, are they really connected? So, I don't know. I, I've studied uh, the Bible for, my mother died 40 years ago, and I started asking questions. And I've got a few things that, I, that I've learned that I'd like to share. And I think it will be a, a, a benefit to us if we really get connected with God, our Creator. And that will bonus us more. You know what I mean? If we, oh yeah, go ahead. That's that's where we, that's where we need to really go. So if anybody wants to join me, if you don't want to stay, you don't have to. You know, um, a lot won't. There's going to be a very small majority on the earth that that goes through into the new system that that our God has prepared. And we would like to be ready for it. So the only way of getting ready for it is by finding out what he says. And we talk about everything in writing, and you don't think God can give us something simple like a book? Like, so we can just, you know, we can argue over, you know, the Bible, what Bible, what religion, all this kind of stuff. But the thing is, we got to start getting into it. Because we're not going to reach the end of the road if we don't. If, uh, you know, no one believes that or whoever doesn't believe that, then... Mm-hmm. Did the call end and someone restarted it, or what? 
<laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I, I think the call ended, and so what I did is I called right back in to see what would happen, to see if uh, uh, we, can, we can continue the call. <laughs> me, <laughs> you're cheating. <laughs> yeah, I think oh. that, uh, that that one fellow that was talking last before Sonya got on there, he, he was mix he was mixing what was going on. He said something like he got he got a small claims uh, court date and stuff like that, but he wasn't essentially filing a claim. He was utilizing the small claims division. Hold on a second. Please call on me. I'll be right back. Yeah. Okay. Hello. 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 You're being recorded. <laughs> I reserve all rights. Uh, it's got to be you, Vital. How many people came back on? Anybody see the board? No, I'm not on the board right now. Gus uh, came back. He's just on a call right now. We have to slip out for a second. Aquila is back, of course. Hey, Aquila. You know Aquila's coming back. What? I said, we know Aquila's coming back. (laughs) I'll come back for the good stuff. If it was good to me, always will be back. This is the good stuff. This shit actually warms the heart. World. The best in the world. It really does. It warms my heart to see people uh, gaining this knowledge and knowing that there's other people out there that think and feel and act and walk and talk. Yeah. It's just nice Who? to know. Not alone. Yeah. Who speaks now? This is Billy the Kid. Okay, Billy. Hey, uh, Hey, I just uh, talked to Larry, and mm-hmm. uh, he's going to uh, end the call. I'm not sure how much more time he's going to give us on the recording, but uh, I'm sure the timer will probably go for another five hours. So you guys yeah, can hang out, chit-chat over here, or if you want to record, you can hang out, head over to Mike. Uh, Mike's call. Uh, here's his... Uh, hey, Mike. Oh, there you go. You're unmuted. So uh, Larry, Larry just called me up. I told him I called back in to see if it would continue the call, and uh, I think that's how we ended up with a 15-hour call last time. So, uh, oh, yeah, I, I think Larry's going to go ahead and kill the recording, and uh, we can all go about our night. For uh, for those of you that want to stick around, uh, if if you want to, if you just want to chit chat over here, I'm sure that's fine, but. If you want something recorded, I don't know if, if somebody's doing another call. Uh, Mike, Mike, you doing another call after this? I wasn't planning on it, no. All right. Better Mike get some rest. Mike need it. <laughs> yeah, if yeah, there's a lot of people and they got stuff to talk about, sure, but usually, uh, usually well, it winds down pretty quick, the second call. Yeah, the, well, the call's five hours long, you know, get on here and, and say what you got to say. There's plenty of times where Larry was looking for somebody to speak up, so uh, I'm sure everybody's all set for this week. Yeah, I think so. Alright. So, uh, what, is, what is Sonya's ID for her call? 131 
So I once week, one, once four. Okay. Yeah, that's her Friday call. I don't remember what the number is for her Sunday call. What time? Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. Is what? You said 7, right? Yes, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Okay. All right, got it. Thank you. If you no want her Sunday call, it's 135 no, I do not. One is good enough. <laughs> for okay. me. Yeah. <clears throat> Hello? Hello? Yes, I ha- I have a, uh, a question. Um, I've been listening to Carl uh, now for the last couple of months, and I really, really like the information that, that he's been uh, uh, giving out. And I have a situation I want to know how uh, I should respond to it. I used to um, work with a guy who did securitizations like about a year ago, and one of the people that we did a securitization for, you know, they had to get their own attorney, but they didn't get an attorney. And um, ultimately, their house got foreclosed on. So he went to the Bar Association, and now the Bar is asking me to respond uh, without practicing law, you know, uh, uh, unlawful practice of law. And now they're asking me to respond to them. So I was listening to one of Carl's um, tapes. Um, where he said, I could just, you know, when he responds, what authority does, what authority do you have over I, a man? So they're trying to charge you with practicing law without a license? No, they're they're investigating. So they want me to, uh, they want, need to give them information on, you know, what was the service I gave to this guy. Now, he did a securitization, and I have the people who say, well, this is the, this is the, um, this is what we did. I didn't actually do the securitization. It was done by an attorney. So he will vouch that he did it. Well, maybe you were giving your opinion, or maybe you were telling them what you would do, but you weren't really giving them legal advice. No, and and we had a contract that clearly states that I'm not giving legal advice. Well, you should perhaps write... um if there's a man, a woman with a verified claim that you were, you know, that you did something wrong. Yeah, I would say that it was, uh, you were just telling them your opinion or your belief and that um, you were just a man aiding and assisting your fellow man. Okay. Just say, I, I, obviously, I would never give legal advice. That's crazy. 
I don't know legalese. I'm not competent in legalese. I could never teach anyone legalese. Okay. Is, you, is, there, is there a man or woman that's actually asking this? Excuse there's me? Another, there's another point, too. Even if you were giving legal advice, which you weren't, what man or woman was harmed? Right. But is there a man or woman that actually wrote that letter asking something? Because at that point, you still don't understand what they're asking. Well, the... Um, the guy that got the securitization went to the bar association, and actually he was going after an attorney, um, but the attorney, I was, he was going after the attorney because he asked one attorney. I said, "Well, you can use this attorney, but you can use any attorney." So he started going after that attorney, and now. I guess because I was the one who said you can use that attorney. <laughs> now the bar is asking me, you know, did I give legal advice? Even though there was an attorney involved. There was an attorney that was involved. Okay. Who is asking you that? Do you have a man that <laughs> ask you that question? There was a – no, the – well, the, the lady who's asking it, her name is – the attorney that's asking it is Jacqueline, but okay. she's asking it for the Bar Association. Never mind who she's asking it for. All you need to ask her, does she have a verified claim that you did, you know, and have you harmed or injured another man? Does she have a verified claim? And that's pretty much it. See, I would stick with I have no clue what legal advice is. I'm pretty certain I didn't give anyone any legal advice at any time. Why would I when they had a lawyer? Right. And I would just stick with that. And the ever popular, I don't recall. I don't recall. I don't recall. No idea what you're talking about. I don't remember. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Why would I give legal advice? Uh, is a man or woman making a claim? If I've caused any harm, loss, or injury, I'll compensate right now, but i got no clue what you're talking about legal advice. Okay. Yeah, pretty much that's it. Don't say a whole lot of other stuff. Just yeah, well, what we, you know, if I were you, that's what we simply said, just to keep it. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.